0: Welcome to Andy, James and Andre talk money stuff. Although Andy is the Oracle of Latham, and James is super smart, they are not your gurus. We are not your financial advisors. Please listen to the end of this episode for a full disclaimer. Thank you for listening.
1: back after two weeks episode 26 uh, it's bloody december 2022 is almost over and it's warm yeah yeah it's hot I, I rode my push bike to the end of lake georgian back today and it was uh, suffered a bit on the way home nice but uh how are
2: you guys good thank you it was my birthday yesterday hey happy birthday thank how you. young are you
3: how what how young are you um how old do you think i am I don't know, but you know you know if you if you say that on the podcast then people know your birth date.
2: Oh, yeah. How old do you think I am?
3: Uh I think you're I think you're forty.
2: How old do you think I am?
3: Yeah, forty or forty one?
2: I'm eighty seven years old, but the reason I look so young and <laughs> seem so healthy is because I only eat liver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap! I was watching That yeah. <laughs>
4: that,
1: that was a quite um it was random. If you're if you're looking to these sort of people for guidance and like dogma in your life, do you know what
2: we're talking about here, James? No. There's, there's <laughs> a there's
1: a YouTube personality or social media personality yeah. called Liver King. Okay. And he was at nine tenants of like primal life or something, but but he basically only eats liver. But he's totally jacked. Like just this guy's insanely like he
2: looks like he's made out of like. Uh, he-Man, um, you know, the He-Man you know, figurines? Like the he looks like a he's h- made out of He-Man figurines. And like his skin <laughs> looks like, you know, the top of like a brioche
1: bun or like a hot cross bun where it's like brown and shiny. <laughs> that's not a gay metaphor at all. Which <laughs> is <like it> <laughs> why I like to eat them. That, that, uh... <laughs> but um, yeah, and obviously on steroids, and he's,
2: but for a long time has a like Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's he's like uh, admitted to it He's been denying like People have called him out for being on roads for ages And yeah. he's been denying it um, But then he he's come out and admitted it And crazy thing is He's got a whole bunch of followers Who are like We still support you And it's like The guy has literally lied to you The entire time Like what are you giving him a pass for? Um, people just like worshipping people Yeah That's a thing but yeah. Anyway, it's um yeah my my wife's into Naudi Aguilar, who's um a, a health dude and um yeah like dunks on all these tools all the time. I, I could tell this. Um, I haven't seen much at all. My wife showed me thirty seconds of this douchebag, yeah. but I could tell he was a douchebag in that thirty-second clip because yeah. he he showed the douchebag pass. Like he, you know, people like flash their license and ID. Yeah, there's a special douchebag ID. He had a bo- bottle of proper twelve whiskey. And was drinking that kind of McGregor's I've whiskey. Got a fr-
1: I've got a friend that's a, a whiskey connoisseur. He says it's like a really horrible whiskey. It's yeah. Like, anyway,
2: this guy's drinking proper twelve, and I'm like uh, douchebag straight away. It's yeah. like I don't need to know anything about the guy. The fact that he's promoting himself on social media yeah. with proper twelve says he's a douchebag. Yep. So there you go. If you guys are proper twelve drinkers in the audience, just tune out now. You're banned. <laughs> so I got some the feedback goes from back to one. <laughs> I got some feedback from
1: Germany that that. Uh- that said, that uh, ninety-minute episodes will be would be
2: all right by them. Oh, yeah. is that one person? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, next time your country qualifies for the Ooh. round of sixteen <laughs> in the World Cup, we'll consider. But from yeah. now, and I think someone commented on our anchor site,
1: but then deleted the comment because I got an email. It's like your fans have responded to your podcast. I'm like fucking sweet.
2: Go in there. There's nothing. Yeah, right. But uh...
1: yeah. But, uh, Look, no, seriously.
2: <laughs> if Germany made it out of the group's age, I'd consider that. But to me, that country is dead now. So, how dare they? Yeah. So, what's been going on in, in investment wise? Any uh, any cool stuff? I made an investment that's um, potentially will pay off 160 times yeah. what I invested. It's um, betting Switzerland to win the World Cup, <laughs> oh, right. so it's an outlier. And yeah. It's not really an investment. <laughs> it's not actually an investment. It's a gamble. Yeah, but yeah, that's um. uh what well, gold's been going up. Yeah, that's mm. um. That's the thing I've noticed in the markets.
3: Yeah, or is it that just the US dollar is going down?
2: Uh,
1: no, the the Perth the Mint spot price has been been creeping up in
2: Australian, oh, is that dollars? Right? Yeah, yeah, Australian yeah, dollars. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: even from like year on year, like so the first year I. Oh, when I started buying it was maybe 24 mm-hmm. and then the next year's 20 This has been going up about 100 bucks uh, sort of cool. year cool. on year sort of thing
2: so. um, I don't know <coughs> like, correlation doesn't equal causation and, and it's easy to make up things with data points but uh, stuff around China political unrest in China China perhaps being forced to open up mm-hmm. because of political unrest yeah I was hoping we could talk about um, that today Stuff around China realising, removing that political unrest completely, completely different um, angle. Um, China realising that they need to be buddies with the rest of the world or they're screwed economically. Um, so apparently they've been trying to buddy up to Europe a fair bit recently. Um, so I mean that, I guess that, that that's opposite of China hermiting so yeah, maybe maybe those are catalysts in markets for some of these um commodity prices going up. Yeah, but the markets Oil's in general
1: because the S and P five hundred's over four thousand. It's been like that for last week or so.
2: No, okay, I, I haven't actually I, I haven't followed much stuff at all. Yeah, um, in the last few weeks I've been watching the World Cup and sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. How about you, James? What's going on? Oh.
3: Um. No, I haven't I haven't really got much. Uh. New stuff. Um, no, no, I haven't got anything to yeah. <laughs> so, add. He, so he I did want to I... talk at James
2: in the car because, um, like, we'll chat in the car but then we'll try to save it for the years. Yeah. yeah. He was talking about um, battery vehicles.
3: Oh, yeah. I just, There was a couple of, um, uh, I guess, like, heavier-duty electric vehicle things that had come, up, come out. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, one was, uh, you know, <clears throat> Caterpillar, do heavy, heavy equipment, yep. heavy mining equipment. And, yeah and, uh, you know, uh, industrial-type equipment. But yeah. um, they've, they've got a, you know, I guess a prototype for a, an electric mining vehicle. Um, so the radical and, left's gone into mining here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, uh, a, a Caterpillar. Oh, you mean the
3: battery thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Um, but, but one of the things which was quite interesting was that they, they just had an example of uh, where you've got a mine up a hill, you know, so yeah. you're mining... You know, a deposit a, up a hill? A deposit up a hill, yeah. Right. Um, and, um, you know, say you're taking the ore down below to, to process um, and you don't actually need to charge the vehicle because it's got regenerative braking. Oh, man. And, yeah. it's, and it's, it's you know, filled up and very heavy on the way down, so it's getting a big charge on the way down. And, and they then need it's brakes, em- I
1: suspect. Yeah, yeah. Well, so re- a lot of re- weight
3: to stop. Well, regenerative um, braking, so it's charging the battery using the – the brakes, well, effectively using the, like all all electrical uh-huh. v- vehicles have this, where where basically when you put on the brakes, yeah, it takes it, the energy. Yeah, my Prius has that. It's so it's, yeah, it's yeah.
1: like I, I I do that for uh, to replace engine braking. It's got a little yeah. like you click the the shift back into like B mode, goes yeah. and you watch the the, the energy direction go, yeah. charges up your
3: little little battery there. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Um, so so it gets a big charge on the way down, and then it goes back up the hill empty. Yeah. And yeah. then but. Then it doesn't need to recharge because it's getting more charge on the way yeah. down than it gets using going back up again. Yeah, so similar mechanism is that uh, that block building, right? would raise the oh, concrete blocks. Oh yeah, yes, yes. And
4: then,
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing, I guess, was the Tesla Semi's. Now, now we've got dates and and like as in it's 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 in production now. So yeah, right. Because to- so I I didn't, I didn't watch the video. Mm. So what, when's it coming? Uh, so basically, I think it's next year. They're looking at doing fifty thousand, um, which is. I think when, once you get into these heavier vehicles, it yeah. becomes a little bit more um, interesting because they – it's like say say um, in the presentation Elon Musk had a, a thing of, you know, what percentage of vehicles on the road are, you know, semi-trailer type vehicles yeah. and what are their emissions. Yeah, okay. Um, and basically they're about 1% of the vehicles but yeah. about 20% of the emissions. So I'm assuming that fuel use would be equivalent to, you know, to that, yeah. So yeah. basically, it's equivalent every one of those, you know, more than twenty cars. Yeah, uh, right. Um, you know, every single one. Mm. Um, so because obviously they're using a lot of energy to haul stuff and they're used all day. Yeah, because you don't. You know, if you've got a truck, you're you're using it for a some sort of industrial reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that's quite exciting to get because that that was always going to be the more difficult like the the larger the vehicle you get the more difficult it is because you've got to have the enough power yes. stored in the batteries etc but the, but they're looking at sort of 800 kilometer range wow are you yeah, like yeah. with like full payloads and stuff yep full full yeah sorry full payload yeah. um 800 kilometer range. holy Toledo so and what um, sort of charge times uh they were talking about you could do because they they charge um uh you know how they charge uh faster at the beginning and the last yeah. bits hard, but they they did basically just seventy percent within thirty minutes. So be
2: like the Pareto rule as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the 80% eighty percent,
3: is it yeah, done yeah. in twenty percent of the time. Yeah. Isn't that what they're talking about? His
1: management style in terms of Twitter. Everyone's like, eh, hey, he's being evil boss or whatever," but he just wants twenty percent of people to do the well. I'll just, yeah, do, it's yeah. just you oh, said it that looks Pareto like thing it, popping
2: up a fair bit. That's all. So it mm-hmm. seems like even yeah. for batteries, um, and, a lot of people and, are beating up on him. And and one of the things with that um, truck is that mm. like. Elon Musk um, had made the comment that you have to have a break every four hours of like 30 minutes as a truck driver, anyway. Mm. So, something like that, anyway. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, no, they, they, that can't. was in the gospel according to Elon, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no, but there are, there, there are truck rules, and I, and you know, I don't know them in detail, but my understanding is you can't just, you can't just drive. You've got to, you've got to have um, stop, you know, brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for safety. you can't
2: you can't snort lines of speed while you're driving. You got to stop and <laughs> do that. Just joking. It's probably mm. the only people who listen to us. Do are you truck reckon there'd be people that, that, that would well.
1: open up a career path for like environmentally minded people because they're driving an electric vehicle now? I don't know. Yeah, like hippie like, truckers. The, the and stuff.
2: Is, so the thing is, right? Apparently, truck is like the number one employment. Truck driver is number one job in America, like by number. So mm. you got these um. Electric trucks, and then maybe they'll become driverless at some point, mm. and and all those jobs will get replaced by driverless trucks because mm. C- there are
1: a lot of someone yeah. wrote a book about mm. that, didn't they? I was a guy that was on Lex Fridman, talked about it about AI and, and truck drivers. And was it Andrew, what's his name, Andrew Wang? No, no, nah, it wasn't Andrew, it was yeah. some, some other guy. Uh, I only remember it because yeah. I'm listening to Peter Zion, yep. End of the World is Just the Beginning, and he referenced that yeah. book, yeah, made me remember it, but. But yeah, the idea that because it used to be like the like one of the best jobs, best blue collar jobs in, in in America, and it's it just over time just got the pressure went up and got conditions got worse and stuff like that. And
2: oh, by the way, um, China's interesting me at the moment, and I got a I, I subscribe to Peter Zaihan stuff, um, so I got an email about um china's problems and i wanted to hear more mm-hmm. um so i typed on spotify peter zaihan and that <laughs> podcast came up like eighth the one where it says peter zaihan's a dickhead yeah so that explains why we're getting so, so we gotta got swing
1: off his nuts even more <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> so and we like... get, uh, the next episode peter Zion is not a dickhead <laughs> yeah. peter zain peter Zion, peter Zion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like beetlejuice
2: but um yeah the the I'm, I'm, I'm a bit interested in what's happening in china at the moment one with their opening up um, to the West, and, and two, dealing with the um, yeah. political um, problems internally. Yeah. So, yeah, and Zaihan's comments on that are interesting. I think that they're not homogenous. Like, I can look at, you know, China and think, oh, they're all Chinese, yeah. but within China, they're like, you know, Han, and yep. I don't know anything other than Han, but they're, they're <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It isn't just homogenous yeah. Chinese. They've got, you know, it makes sense. Um, you know, China's probably bigger than Europe. Yep. And if you look at Europe, they're all white. And like, you know, well, not all white, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's a it's a, it's a white, predominantly white geography. Because they've got but,
1: some like Russian-y and sort of <clears throat> mongoloid cultures yeah. and stuff in them too, don't Yeah, they?
2: there's like Europe's got massive cultural diversity. <clears throat> so, you know, it's not unreasonable to think that China has you know, similar massive cultural diversity too, so. Yeah. Which, you know, means they're not as potentially unified based on Communist Party principle as, mm-hmm. as other loyalties they have.
3: Yeah. So. And they've got a, a, a you know, a, a Muslim population in the far uh, west. <coughs> um, the
2: the Uyghurs know. and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. and, yeah, the Mongolians, obviously, and then, yeah, like there are Chinese-looking people who speak Russian and they're Russians. Tibet, sorry, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. But anyway, the point is they're diverse, yeah. um, and and with this idea of geography, um, dictating things, um, it, you know, if you if you've got a massive divide, mm. a geographical border, so to speak, then that border might have been a border that separated cultures for two thousand years mm. or whatever. So, all of a sudden, you've got China encompassing both of those areas, but mm. geographically they've been boxed in to create their own culture and language and and all sorts of stuff so yeah it's interesting if you think about these guys as diverse people with separate interests Mm -hmm. and 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 how that might play out and i think just on a human level it's always important to think about people within a country as individuals with diverse interests and destinies as opposed to all chinese are the same in terms of the way they think politically or russians are the same how they think politically, all Democrats are the same, how they think politically. So Obviously with all people this, are complicated, so.
1: These sort of like warming mm. relations and, and things like that, do you think the Taiwan thing's gonna cool off?
2: Well, I, I don't see how there could be an invasion of Taiwan at all. Yeah. Like it unless unless mm. you're going some crazy ass scorched earth thing that's an outlier I haven't thought of. Yeah. Um, like if anyone looks at Russia no one's like, oh, I want to be like that. Yep. I, w- I want to be sanctioned. I want, you know, I want to, I want to be um, a pariah. I want to potentially be on the risk of economic collapse. And China's exports, I think, are, um, you know, China is very reliant on exports and they don't have natural resources. Like Russia's in a better, <clears throat> better position to be like Russia than China is. Yeah. If China was like Russia, you'd think um, things would fall apart very quickly for them. So I, I don't see how Taiwan's feasible at all. Um, you guys have heard the term "wolf warrior diplomacy." Yes. Yeah. So uh, only
1: only by name, like. Uh-
2: so I think there was like um, a thing in Chinese cinema, you know, film and all that sort of stuff. Internal propaganda for any country, probably. Um, so China had um, I think this wolf warrior kind of theme in in their movies where. I guess they go and get results and there's Chinese nationalism but, you know, proud, strong China against the enemy and all that sort of stuff. And um, I, I don't know if like film-led like actual politics but they started talking about wolf warrior diplomacy where um, they were, I guess, much less diplomatic and, and much more aggressive in in, in in posturing and positioning themselves. And, yeah, it, it looks like that era of wolf warrior diplomacy is coming to an end too. Um I don't know, like the the, the way China has been talking with Europe from what I've seen recently seems much more um, collegial. Yeah, but even with
1: Australia, right? They're they're sort of starting to talk again. And
2: well, and there you go. That that that, that, <coughs> that further suggests, you know,
3: the wolf warrior diplomacy thing. We, yeah. we did just ending. send Barnaby over, or Barnaby took it on himself to go over to. Uh, oh, did he? To, yeah. Yeah. Right. Taipei or whatever.
2: Oh, Barnaby to Taipei. Yeah. Yeah, right. Maybe there's, maybe there's some single women there for this man who's really into, um you know, marriage and, and, and old-fashioned values. Maybe there's some married women there for him. Who knows? What a tool that guy is anyway.
4: Um,
1: so, uh, in, in that vein, um, uh, I read some stories that uh, Berkshire Hathaway has just bought like $7.5 billion worth of TSMC. Hmm in uh, that they, they just revealed in their in their statements
2: there. Taiwan Semiconductor
1: Yeah, yeah Taiwan Semiconductor they, Manufacturing Company.
2: They they're doing a big thing <clears throat> in, i somewhere in America, right? They're doing a yeah. big fab. And apparently it's not near water, and water's like really important for fabs or something. Is there something going on with that? Is that for cooling? Uh, I don't know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know it, any don't
1: more know. than that. Like I read a story maybe 6 months ago that was like, yeah, they're moving semiconductor production to 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 America. Mm.
2: Well, look, I mean, if, if you like the theme that value is going to trump growth going forward, theoretically, Berkshire Hathaway are value investors. And if you like the idea that America is going to trump other countries going forward, makes yeah. Berkshire look like a very compelling stock to be considering.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's
2: value and America. because yeah. All their investments pretty much are American investments based on America doing well. So. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think Taiwan semiconductors. But that's also. To, do you
1: think that would paint much of a, an optimistic picture that that they've, uh, or I guess, of their perception of what's going to happen in in China and Taiwan? Because still, the majority of their production stuff will be in, in Taiwan, right?
2: I guess, but I mean, if if you're looking at um, supply chains, it seems like you're going to have to build in a bit of a buffer and for whatever reason, if Taiwan Semiconductor is, is building a fab in the USA, that's a buffer. So, yeah.
3: Because you'd think what the Americans are after is, you know, having a certain sort of base level of production that can be ramped up if necessary, if there's issues with supply for whatever reason. Yeah. Or,
2: or if supply gets cut off from Taiwan. I don't know, like if I'm I'm a Taiwanese, let's just say I'm a billionaire who lives in Taiwan, right? And this is really simplistic, but I'm a Taiwanese billionaire and I happen to own a thing that makes semiconductors. Yeah. And I can choose to make another factory in Taiwan and I'm like, oh, well, you know, China's kind of being a bit aggressive maybe. I can make it here or I can make it in America and my goal is just to maintain my wealth. It's like, oh, may as well make it in America. Mm. They want me to make one. And if something happens to my one in Taiwan at least I got my one in America still, so maybe it's as simple as that. I don't know
1: um yeah it was it was it was interesting i I did a bit of further reading and um uh like you were talking a couple of weeks back about the the west sort of drawing a line of not importing or not sending
2: exporting se- exporting to yeah, um, to china
1: to china. China, and like the the difference so. in their ability to make chips. So China's best semiconductor, uh, they can make fourteen nanometer uh, yep. ones, and then TSMC can do three to four. So that's like literally like
2: what is that? Like three or four times more more transistors on the per per area on the chip. And I would the, imagine it gets harder. Like I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot easier to go from ninety to eighty than it yeah. is to go from fourteen to four. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, China is pretty good with some solid state drives or something. But yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah.
1: So have you ever invested in China? Like, like in, in like I don't know. Alibaba? Yeah, uh, <laughs>
2: Hong Kong casinos very briefly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I had them, and then I, I think I got out of them. I can't remember why, but I didn't like the idea that ultimately I was betting on people from mainland mainland China money laundering. Yes. Through the casinos, but then I think I was like, no, actually, that's pretty good because they're taking money out of China. Yeah. So, man, that's <laughs> so, so, but I remember having a conundrum around that, and I think I actually concluded that if, if if these are people trying to get their money out of the country, maybe that's not the worst thing. So,
1: <laughs> man, that was another because um, I keep going back to the host plus holding list, and just it's quite hilarious the companies you find. I found Aristocrat, like they make the pokies, yeah, the pokies the- yeah. machines, and then uh, near that was Ajinomoto uh, like MSG, like the, oh. the actual, like the ones that make the actual like brand name MSG. Yeah, right. They've got a like quite a big holding in that
2: because so. you don't yeah. want to buy fake MSG. You want to buy the actual <laughs> stuff. It's like Gore Tex. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> jackets Gore
1: Tex. Um, so, uh, well, there's a couple of topics here. So uh, maybe the the RBA. So the, they've they've apologised for uh, for uh, being not clear about their their language.
3: Have you got the clip of... Yeah, you want of, to watch ...specifically it? of the governor? Yeah, of, yeah. Of Philip Lowe. Um, Maybe they might have some talking around when it When he was...
1: <clears throat> sorry, everyone, just loading. There's oh.
2: no ads because Andre pays Stop. for YouTube premium. <laughs> it's just flex. Oh, sorry.
3: With the RBA signalling rates would stay on hold until 2024... Thousands of Australians took on massive mortgage debt.
1: It's been a shocker. We sold our house last year and bought a new one here in the area. The difference in what we'd expected versus what we're living is it's a very different world. I think it was a stupid promise to make in the first place, quite frankly. Well,
0: that's uh, truly misleading from the central bank and they shouldn't have done that.
4: Today, the RBA governor apologised.
0: I'm certainly sorry if people um, listened to what we'd said and then acted on that uh, what we'd said, and now regret
2: what they
3: had done. About two hundred and eighty thousand Australians borrowed at least six or more times their income at the height of the pandemic. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. I mean, that's isn't that his the, fucking job though? Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I thought you were driving the bus. Like uh, I'm sorry, you listened to what I said, and then yeah. you acted on what I said, and then and then now you regret what you did. Like
1: <laughs> it's like, dude, it's eerily eerily similar that. Crazy uh, SBF guy has been doing heaps of interviews and he's kind of like that as well. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, we did it, but I didn't really know what was going on. Sorry. Like,
2: (laughs) I was having quite a rant to my wife who couldn't care less about SBF the other day. Um, Dude, unload. So, there was a thing that his parents are both academics in... One's like corporate governance or something. At Stanford
3: and, or something, is it? Yeah, yeah,
2: like fancy university academics in fields that relate entirely to the kind of business that this FBF guy was running. Mm. It's and, like legal taxation or something and, like that. And, and <laughs> some of the like comments when the guy wasn't, you know, failing massively were like, um, with parents like this, this guy's not going to make mistakes. Like if you're worried about risk and all this sort of stuff with his parents <laughs> that's um Super avoidable. Oh, that's right. My wife's watching some show about Elizabeth Holmes or something on Netflix. Yep. And I'm like, oh, what are you watching? And she's like, oh, about Elizabeth Holmes. I'm like, oh, you know, that bitch in jail or whatever. And um, she's like, oh, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) wherever (laughs) this person is. Um, And then um, she's like, do you think that these people start out thinking I am going to be a criminal or do they start out with good intentions but just get corrupted really easily and just continue making compromises and just go downhill fast. And I was like, No, I think they're scumbags from the beginning. And um, was was you know, citing this SBF situation and and how apparently with parents like his he's he's gonna be really good at not failing on, on these things he failed on. And apparently his parents were living in one of the houses. So he bought a house, for one of his parents. So or or for his parents. So so this um and Without knowing the finer details of the SBF thing, I don't think he's got any money to sue me with, but um, well, he probably has he's some money to sue me with. But <laughs> he's got allegedly, of allegedly <laughs> <laughs> um, without knowing the details, he apparently had his parents working in his company. If that's true, yeah. what the hell were they doing? Yeah, or they weren't working in his company but they're living in a company house. And if that's true, what the hell were they doing? Yeah, yeah. they should know better, yeah, right. So, I reckon what happens is this, you got people who, who look and I, I started a business once and someone's like, you're not going to succeed unless you're dodgy. You don't succeed in business unless you're dodgy. I'm like, I don't think that's true. I think you can be honest and succeed. That business didn't succeed because I was just crap at running a business. But um, anyway, the, the idea that you have to succeed, you know, to be dodgy to succeed. So, I think some people look at this and they look at like all the crap that happens. Like someone does something bad, they got a good lawyer, they get out of it mm. You know, all the moral hazard and, and the lack of punishment for the moral hazard and it's like, it's not fair. The game's rigged. It's not fair. And it's like, screw it. I'm just going to be one of the people who gets the most out of it. You know, morals are just things to um control the sheep yeah. and, and I'm not a sheep. I don't want to be a sheep and, and I just won't apply morals. And that's what I think happens. So I think... The Elizabeth Holmes of the world, it's not a slippery slide. I think they just completely reject the idea of having morals yeah. and, and I think the F- SBFs and all out of the world, they, they do too and um, imagine being an academic and you're on a couple hundred grand a year and you're studying and potentially lecturing on people who defrauded the system and walked away with millions and millions. Maybe eventually you're like, well, you know, instead of studying these guys, nothing happens. <laughs> maybe do it myself I don't know and I said to my wife I'm like look if you're in your 20s you don't have kids and all that sort of stuff like this Elizabeth Holmes I'm like I would totally like if just given like removing the moral side of it if someone's like you can be a crook and get away with it or if you don't get away with it you can potentially hide a bunch of money somewhere no one knows about and go to country club prison for 10 years but you've hidden 50 million dollars it's like why wouldn't you And she's like, I wouldn't want to go to jail for any time. I'm like country club prison for $5 million a year or you can work, you know, nine to five, spend however, however many hours you need to cooking and cleaning. You've probably got three hours a day, if that, for yourself in a normal job after you've done everything you need to do and you don't walk away with anything close to $5 million a year. So, you know, you roll the dice if you've got no moral compass. Maybe that's, you know, as simple as that. It's just basic maths. So, yeah, that's, that's how I reckon it all works. And, yeah, I, I don't know how much his parents had to do with it, this SBF, but um, they were they were touted as people very relevant on the upside, so maybe they should be brought down on the downside. And if they're yeah. living in that house, yeah, well, how? How can they justify that mm. at all? Yeah. It's, it's pretty... They're either really bad employees mm. or they were profiting off something they should clearly know is dodgy. But there's like a massive amount of that sort of uh... – I
1: guess lack of empathy or whatever to like in terms of how hard they screwed some yeah, people yeah. I'm just going to play a clip oh, to yeah, you yeah, cool cool um,
2: we've got a tangent but anyway yeah we can come back to Philip Lee <laughs> is this the
1: one I hope this is the one yeah listen to this
3: I first got into crypto in my mid 20s I only invested in a very a small amount I took the time to learn and study how the technology works. A few years later, I invested a bit more as I gained confidence in the in the tech. And in 2020, I uh, actually sold my house, and that's when I went all in, uh, all in on crypto.
1: Brutal. This dude <laughs> threw FTX, and he's got nothing.
2: So this this is a thing. Um... Sure, brutal. Um, the narrative of crypto is that regulation's BS, and we don't want regulation. Yeah. So, don't but I'm cro- watching heaps of interviews where like
1: it needs to be regulated. Yeah, but
2: but if you're like arguing that crypto is anti-regulation, <laughs> and then shit hits a fan, and and you're like, oh, it needs to be regulated. It's like, well, you know, where were you on that? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like okay, the guy researched crypto. I was on. I don't know much about crypto. Mm. Um, I, I did research crypto and decided I don't, don't know enough, and and sold whatever investment I had in crypto that I just bought randomly anyway. Um, but I, I saw on Twitter the other day, just just today, someone showing these um, trails of movement of money in and out of Tether, mm. and it made no sense to me. Mm. And and someone wrote in the comments, "What's all this mean?" Mm. And the person wrote, "If you don't know what this means." you have no business in crypto. <laughs> and I thought that makes a lot of sense because I don't know what it means. And the person's like, well, I get that, you know, maybe Tether doesn't like actually have custody of the stuff they claim to have custody of or whatever. And the person like reiterates, it's like, great that you understand that. If you don't know what this means, you have no business in crypto. And like, yeah, that that oozes common sense. So like is research the kind of research that I do when I'm wasting my time where I look at stuff that says what I want to hear. Like, you know, I bought copper. If I do research on copper, everyone's like, oh, copper's going to $8 a pound. Is that research? <laughs> or, is, <laughs> or is that just trying to get stuff that proves the thing I want to hear? Like,
1: I'd be interested to see if you actually did research or you just says that so it doesn't look like such a boob. You oh, would have done
2: some research, but the level of research to sell your house TikTok and videos. load in, like, um, Sure, you did research, but what was the quality of the research? Are you are you qualified to even measure the quality of the research? Um, yeah, you know, it's good to say those words. Like, you know, yeah. I, I was going to wash your dishes, babe. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to do that, but you got home
3: and started. <laughs> yeah. It's like,
2: does it actually mean anything?
3: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to to me, like the this is the same as you know that how the other week we were talking about that that young couple who bought a house. Oh yeah, a yeah. house in mining town. Yeah. It's like. It, it's very easy to see how that was going to go horribly wrong yeah um and no, not in hindsight like yeah. as in you know you 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 could have seen that from the the very beginning i yeah. mean that's not to say that that there's you know um you know that this isn't I, I don't know whether it's it was a scam from the beginning or whether it just ended up being a you know this whole ftx thing ended up just being a, a big you know uh disaster or whether it was you know, w- was a deliberate scam, but I mean, there's a whole yeah. lot of very weird, um, you know, things. Whether it's the governance side of things or the, you know, polygamous, you know, polyamorous, sorry, relationship in the the, the sultry wood nymph. What's yeah. wrong
2: with what's wrong with the polyamory? Like, what's that got to do with it? Well, well,
3: okay, you're supposed to have you're Chinese brood. <laughs> Chinese walls between uh, between Alameda Research and. Um, uh, uh, and FTX, right? So how how can you have that if you're all sleeping together? In the, in the, in the I mean, it's a so bit... conflict of interest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, you have to
2: disclose the conflict of interest.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it looks like money was just flowing all over the place and 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 disappearing and stuff. So I mean,
2: I don't it, get how these people could be so bad with the go- governance when they've come from finance as well. Like, how could he come from finance and be that bad with the governance, especially with his parents?
1: Yeah. I find it, it's interesting the amount of interviews he's doing. He's doing them, like, all the time. Yeah. He was talking even to that Coffeezilla guy. Yeah, yeah. The Coffeezilla dude Co- was, like, Co- grilling. Coffeezilla's quite good,
3: isn't he?
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, the, very entertaining. The, and
3: internet what. detective, yeah. Runs I was
2: talking to a lawyer the other day. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, because I, I do um, finance, mortgage-breaking type mm-hmm. stuff, and I wanted to pay a lawyer to come up with a, a, a thing of, like, things to look out for in contracts mm-hmm. with the banks because, like, Say you get a loan yep. from me, I'll, I'll say to you, "Oh, you know, you should get a lawyer to look at the contract." Yep, but no one's going to get a lawyer to look at the loan contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just, you know, it just doesn't happen. Yep. Um, and I was like, you know, it'd be good if there was a thing of red flags that I could yep. give to a client. I don't want to look at the contract and point out red flags because yep. that starts to look like legal advice. Is yes, there something mm. that's just like standard words or whatever that you can put together? And and the the lawyers like, so you want your clients to be, de- be able to renegotiate a contract with a major bank. And I'm like, well, <laughs> when you say it like that, obviously they're not going to renegotiate the contract, but they could at least know if there's flags yep. that might make them walk away from the contract. Yep, yep. Um, and he's like, well, here's the thing, right? If, if they were to get some sort of legal guidance mm. and things went pear-shaped, yeah, yeah. it goes mm. to court and, and then it's trouble. like, well, you had a bit of legal guidance, didn't you? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, well, there you go. That's cavity mthor or whatever it is. You know, like, you know, you made a decision with knowledge. In some ways, clients are better off signing a contract that's overly onerous because it actually won't hold up in court because it's such a BS contract. And this isn't legal advice to you guys at all in the audience. But just an interesting thought that um, being extremely naive and stupid Mm. in law is sometimes better than... Not being extremely naive and stupid because if it goes to court, the lawyer's like, Look, my client was extremely naive and stupid. This is not fair.
3: So, yeah, so that's interesting. So, you're linking that back into um, Sam Bankman Fried doing a whole lot of interviews, even though,
2: yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. So, he does all these interviews, and it's like, Oh, I thought he was a genius. No, he's possibly a borderline retard. And it's like, Oh, he goes to court. Well, look, you've heard all the interviews. This guy's practically retarded. Um, I don't it think makes he sense. Say that anymore. Oh, uh, well yeah, <laughs> practically not very developed in terms of mental capacity. Um yeah. And and maybe maybe he's maybe he's like, you know, next level for this and he's yeah. like anticipating that. And it's like, so, so it's he was, like he's the, obviously insane. Yeah. Or or not of sound mind or lacking mental capacity. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: So so it's like the mental mental illness defence for murder or something.
2: Something like that, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It's like, oh, so, look, the guy he's... clearly had no idea about all the things that seem extremely dodgy and illegal. Mm. He even said on these interviews. Yeah. Who who else would do that apart from someone who's an absolute fool? And, mm. yeah, there you go. The defense is my clients are fool. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> it
1: was interesting that there's like – um I think there was a 30,000 clients in Australia and like some significant funds had holdings in FTX. But
2: here's the thing, all right? I don't know much about crypto. I probably know more than you two about crypto, right? Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard this as a thing in crypto? If it's not on your cold storage wallet, it's not yours. Yes, for, oh, I've heard that from you. Yes. yes, have you heard it before I said it?
3: Yeah, I've heard lots. it. Yeah, lots, lots. You've of heard it before I said it. Yeah, yeah, lots and lots.
2: And Andre, you've only yeah, you, heard it from me. You,
1: you pointed that out like a long time ago when we first started mm-hmm. doing these podcasts, and then uh, when the FTX thing went down, I was I was watching an interview with an Australian crypto company, and they they were talking about one of the crypto founders that walks around with a backpack full of just like hard drives. Uh, yeah, yeah. And- yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, those are probably the only two places I've heard it, I, I yeah. would say.
2: So, Andre hasn't heard it, really. You've heard it. Yep. You both know nothing about crypto, really, because I know nothing yep. and I know more than you yep. and I've heard it. So, two-thirds of the room who knows nothing about crypto with their research has heard that on your cold is not yours. Yeah. Again, back to this guy, how much research you have. Yep. Yep. By the way, sweet. Sweet Toyota that guy's got.
3: <laughs> well, it's good because he because he owns it. <laughs>
2: yeah, hopefully, who's this? What <laughs> the guy in the YouTube video that you're talking about that sold his oh, house? Oh
1: yeah, so the expensive man it's a, nice a, it's a, a nice car to
2: get a nice
1: to get a Land Cruiser like that. To what are they '70s series or whatever? The modern ones with all the trimmings like he's got. They're over hundred k. Like you'd be doing. Oh, like it's like a,
2: like a four-year wait list, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and you'd be doing like I reckon with all the mods he had, like a buck fifty. I reckon like oh, big one.
2: I'll go back to the video anyway, but yeah, like I I feel bad for people who've been ripped off. Yeah, but I think you've got to be honest with yourself about the level of research and stuff you've done as well. No,
3: no, because I mean, I think I think there's a couple of couple of things. Putting aside the fact that there may have been a or it looks like you know, let's say allegedly a scam going on, or or totally incompetence. Um, But at some point, people have got to go. You know, this is my important part of my wealth. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got to protect it. Mm. Um, I've got to grow it, but I've got to protect it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't – you know, there's not a lot of emphasis on, on the protecting. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: and with with that said, this is the thing that kind of – um, I don't know, man, kind of disgusts me that I'm about to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. It does bother me. I don't know why it bothers me. I guess because I like to think I'm um, a, a rebel or something. But um, you always hear these things about people getting scammed by, um, you know – it looked like a legitimate business. Mm. Um, I spoke to their guy, he had a British accent, yep. so obviously it had oh, yeah, to be yeah. legit and all that sort of stuff. And it's like you know, buying bonds or you know, buying like um, standard investments. Yeah,
3: right? yeah I, I there was one, sorry, just to you continue a second. There was one where they were using prospectuses of like as in they were making their own uh, badged prospectuses of uh, like I think it was like JP Morgan or some, some – large American financial institution. But, but you go on, go on, sorry.
2: So, look, I, I, I don't use Comsec for my um, stockbroking. I've got an account mm. and um, I, I, I was too lazy to change it and it's cost me a fortune in fees over like the decade I've used it because there are other cheaper mm. brokerage platforms. Mm. But at the same time, it's like maybe there's a case of overpaying for, you know, services from comsec or i don't know who's that first colonial first choice or whatever for their products like the 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 industry effectively the big plays in the industry the industry itself Mm -hmm. the names you know the brands you know maybe there's a case for saying sure they're going to take you know 30 basis points more than they should Mm. but i'm not going to lose all my money to a scam We'll, we'll... Because like if the first goal of wealth is don't lose your wealth, yeah. I change brokerage platforms to save um, you know, thirty basis points a trade or whatever, hundred bucks a trade. But I go on some brokerage platform that turns out to be a fraud, mm. give them my bank details, deposit hundreds of thousands of dollars and then it's all gone. Mm. It's like would it've just been better off staying with Comsec, it's safer.
3: No no but I I think those kind of things are are, are relevant. Say say for instance the one that I'd come across uh, sort of regularly is um, like self managed super funds um, versus like a regulated super fund, and the um, there's like a government um, levy that applies to regulated funds. So I think it's something like three basis points. Uh, but what it means is that if a regulated super fund, which you know obviously they've they've got a got their own hoops that they have to jump through, but if they end up getting caught up in a scam. Um, then that regulated that you know three basis points basically goes to compensate, um, you know, the people who could get caught up in the scam in the. So regulated explain fund.
2: that. So I've got a super fund. It's called um, Andrew's Regulated Super Fund, and I get caught up in a scam as Andrew's Regulated Super Fund.
3: So so you know so, so if you've got a yeah like a regular regulated. Superfund that, that you know, has a trustee and they have all the, you know... So the, the,
2: like, Host Plus. Yeah, like a Host Plus or So a Host Plus, if they get caught up in a scam. Yes. So if Host Plus buys into FTX.
3: Yes. Then what? Then basically there's a there's a three basis point. It's a, it's about three basis points um, levy on um, every single person's account, um, uh, you know, who's in a regulated Superfund. And basically <clears throat> that, that money's, I guess, put aside to compensate people who are caught up in scams.
2: So Host Plus buys into FTX... Which is allegedly a scam. We don't know for a fact. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we don't know for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? Um, like, there's this guy in Spanish telling a story. and He does a laugh, and it's like this high pitch, like. Wah! Oh, they use like, him.
1: They, yeah, they use him for like mistranslations all the time. Yeah. They're like, and then he said this
2: band was good. Yeah, what is that guy allegedly a scam? The guy with a mustache. Oh, I, bet you, it's ever I you bet you this out there already. Have you seen it, James? The what? Spanish dude that no. does that laugh. Oh, it's no, so I'm addictive. It a lot. <laughs> I'll do it some research. I bet you there's, someone's already done it. Yeah, but um, yeah, so, yeah, they would have been uh, translating his stuff on FTX for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, just anyway, allegedly a scam, FTX. Um, so Host Plus buys FTX hmm. and it goes pear shaped. And then someone from Aussie Super, part of their 0.03% mm-hmm. or whatever, goes to compensate for Host Plus to screw up.
3: Yeah, so I think it's like a, it's basically an industry levy, so it goes off into some sort of industry compensation scheme. But
2: then you're the host plus guy who invested in that, and you're not very cool at the parties at Christmas. They're like, "Thanks, man, we yeah, have to pay, pay
3: for you to be an idiot." In the context that obviously there's a trustee and and a regulated super fund's going to have a whole lot of hoops that they can they have to go through in terms of their investment committee and investments. They can, you know, investment strategy and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that that doesn't apply this thing doesn't apply to things like self-managed super funds.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't want to be shilling for, you know, the establishment in terms of their financial products. I really don't because yeah. I don't like the establishment in terms of their financial products because they seem like massive ticket clippers. But asset protection, yep. as you get older, in theory, you do less stocks, you do more bonds because that's less risk, yep. greater asset protection, blah, blah, blah. So you can do shares, or you can do shares through and that's, the, you know, one return mm. and then you do shares through an established vehicle, um, whether that's, you know, buying Vanguard through Comsec or something. Mm. Um, and because of Comsec fees, you get a slightly less return. Yep. But you're you're just dropping down the risk a little bit. Mm. And, you know, for a small amount of basis points, maybe that's Okay.
3: Yeah, and, and yeah, and I guess I guess it's worth um, thinking about it in that in that context, um, you know, because there are obviously um, certain things. Th- there are certain investments that you that are, you know, not only in terms of investment risk, but but other types of risk, whether it's that kind sort of type of, you know, administrative type risk that that you can, you know, um, reduce, and obviously it's likely that you're going to end up paying. To reduce the risk, because you're going to be with a larger institution. I don't think it's any different to going. I'll put my money in a, you know, in a, uh, you know, a bank, in uh, you know, a in a term deposit, rather than you know something that's less less well regulated.
2: The um, you remember those sandwiches that you make yourself? It was like a fashion in food. What were they called? Deconstructed sandwiches. Huh? This is like a thing. You get deconstructed sandwiches from cafes, and it's basically make your own sandwich. That, that was a thing, right? Deconstructed like open, sandwich, open face sandwiches? So, or like? I don't know. I, was, I never had one because I'm not going to pay for a sandwich. It wasn't constructed. But um, the, the, I think it was – maybe it was an open sandwich, but they are called deconstructed sandwiches. And I was like, maybe you have to like, you know, put all the ingredients on the bread and close it yourself. It's yeah. so, like that's what I pay someone for. But um, I made a joke to my wife that, you know, soon there'll be a thing called um, – you go from coffee to decaf, there'll yeah. be recaf. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they recapinate the coffee um yeah I had a point around that for um this finance oh that's right yeah so from um you go from you know centralized finance to defi maybe it's going to go to refi so then you know you um you go you go back to centralized finance maybe that's that's the pattern
3: because that is one of the really really funny things or bizarre things about this whole um Whole, because the whole whole thing with cryptocurrencies is is, is decentralized finance. Yeah, and say so, you know, say with you know, theoretically with with Bitcoin, you know, you, you don't need banks because you can just you know trade with people and send them your, you know, your coin or, or you know your eight satoshis or whatever. For, yeah, for the for the, you know. The little thing that you wanted to buy. So is a
1: Satoshi like a smaller chunk? Like a yeah, it's a like equivalent one of like a ten cent or a
3: thousandth of a Bitcoin. A hundred, hundred a hundred thousandth. hundred thousand. Yeah, it's a time. It's like eight. I think it's eight zeros. Um, can you own a Satoshi? Yeah. Like on on a cold storage.
2: Yeah. I don't say why not. I mean, like you don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. You can buy a portion of a Bitcoin yeah. and a Satoshi. Because it's like
1: completely inaccessible.
2: A, a portion of a Bitcoin,
1: even at fifteen grand. Like who the
3: who can afford a Bitcoin? You probably can, Andre.
1: Well, I mean, but you know, like if you're going to
3: use it as a major currency, like so if- so that must mean a, a, a fifteen cents for a for a Satoshi. There
2: you mm-hmm. go. And the transaction fees, probably but, I don't know how much uh, the <laughs> transaction fees are. I remember getting bent bucks. over on um, transaction fees doing yeah. my stupid NFT stuff. Yeah, market research is actually quite well spent money in hindsight. Yeah. But but why it was it quite well spent money? Because if you haven't listened to previous episodes, I did research into NFTs. I bought some because I owned a company that was massive in this. Crypto space, and I decided it was all nonsense, and I should sell the shares in my company. And the shares have gone down by at least fifty percent since I sold them. So the research was worth it.
3: Um, so you, just going back to, uh, it's kind of a little bit ironic that the the this whole space looks like it's it's oh okay well we've got to regulate this you know decentralized finance thing now. Yeah? So it's like it's almost like getting re um recentralized, I guess, even if it's in a different format.
2: I know, like I could just picture some dude wearing like one of those Matrix leather jackets five years ago but, <laughs> and, and like talking tough about DeFi DeFi and like now at the exact same Starbucks in their Matrix jacket talking about the need to like regulate this stuff. <laughs> um but is is it they a, have to be wearing the Matrix Leather Jackets, right? <laughs> is it is it
1: actually an indictment on the actual cryptocurrencies or just some shifty prick it, that's got a business brokering the things.
2: It's 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 it, money isn't evil. People act evil around money. Yeah, yeah? money is just a you know this thing. So yeah. money's not the of evil. It just brings out the evil in people. Um, and yeah, so it's not the fault of anyone. It's 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 just the nature of things that yeah. you know when when there's a moral hazard, there's going to be
3: immorality. It's as simple as that. And you could argue that if we had had if money had never been so heavily regulated, yep. people would be on guard about scams. People would be if we don't have like a heavily regulated banking system. So, so, so Peter Schiff's got this good example about how um, by um, you know having the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation in the US, that actually makes people um, irresponsible, um, allows irresponsible lending to take place because when someone goes to deposit money in a bank. They know it's insured, so it doesn't. They don't really care about the bank's balance sheet. They don't yeah. really care about the risks that the bank's banks taking in lending. Yep. Um, so because they're insured, whereas yep. if there was no insurance there, they'd be like, "Give me a consumer report. Mm. Um, give me show me uh, show me your balance sheet. I want I want to you know so, uh, you know some analysis from some someone who looks at these things yeah. to show that you're a safe bank. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll take a lower interest rate." From your safe bank than the higher interest rate from the more leveraged bank down the road, um, and because we're we have quite a heavily regulated financial system, people are used to not being ripped off. Yep. and then so, and
2: then and then the person who who does that thing asks for that information, hops on the bus, and the bus driver's like two dollars, and it's like how do I know you're a bus driver? How <laughs> do I know you you're going to take me to where you say you are? Show bus driver's <laughs> license. And it's a very and efficient system. <laughs> and then the bus driver takes the $2 and is like, how do I know this is a real $2? <laughs> and then the system is incredibly slow and cumbersome.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, there, there is a bit to to say about, you know, if people are – I'm not saying that, you know, we should get rid of all these regulations and stuff like that, but, but there is – uh the the reason scams wouldn't work or would be much less effective if people were on guard. Like if you know someone's likely to rip you off, yep. your chance of getting ripped off by that person are, are very much decreased.
2: Yeah, 100%. Really? Um, if, if you have trust, yeah. then there's room for scams. If you yeah. have no trust, scams are very difficult. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing with the crypto stuff is that the whole argument was this is supposed to be Trustless, Mm, yes. Environment. So, the the potential to transact in a trustless way makes heaps of sense. It's crazy that that being the great like um, holy grail of crypto seems (laughs) to be how many people fall for trust based scams. Yes, yes. That's because like crypto itself, the trustless. Proof of stake and all that sort of stuff. Like that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Sounds excellent. Sounds like it will solve lots of problems. Yeah, but that's a, kind of um, like a, it's
1: like a once you're in sort of thing, right? Because you've got to transition your money from like normal money to like to get in there, it's, and that's a, that's the weak link, right? Well, re-
2: remove any money from it at all. Yeah, and just say there's this thing we're going to call it Bitcoin, or oh. we're going to call it Microsoft Microsoft um, Ledger. Or, or um, QuickBooks account duplication, um, resubmission yeah. accreditation or whatever, right? And what it will do is it will prove in real time when someone says they own an asset that they own the asset yep. and you can buy it and you can get paid for selling the asset at the exact same time as it changes hands mm. and there's no risk for the buyer and the seller. You know for a fact you've bought the asset and you know you're getting paid you know the transactions can't get reversed. It's a locked in deal. Everyone yeah. knows exactly what they're getting, and there's no issue with either party trying to defraud the other party. Yeah. That's the proof of stake that Bitcoin promises. That's what it does. And that technology is excellent. That 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 could be used for um, you know, transacting any good. You could sell a house with it yeah. for money. But, um so so as a as a function, that's a really, really good function. And then
1: if, if the function is good and, and all that sort of stuff won't countries just start using this like they just start their money system
2: like, well, yeah, the, I mean like, like the, the,
1: the Australian dollar you just still caught the Australian dollar but
3: it's central some, bank digital currency type thing
2: or even yeah. even even without the monetary side just just for actual contracts of exchange yeah well because um,
1: Parwin was telling me the his bank in in uh, in India uses was it ripple ripple uh yeah, xrp to, i think is the code. to um to send information backwards and forwards and so it's like instantaneous you can get money from from india just like that yeah like nice and safe and all yeah that. so
2: i mean that, that 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 all has value it's just really weird that that was like the the, the big sell for this stuff trustless environment to operate in you yeah. don't have to trust the person it's all there on the ledger yeah and you can see it in real time, and and it can't be manipulated because so many parties hold the ledger and confirm the ledger. Look, like, all that stuff's fantastic. It's just insane that that's where it started and where it ends. Is people putting their faith in crypto messiahs? Mm. It's like so, the exact opposite of what it was selling itself as and what it was supposed to be good for.
3: But, but I, th- I think I think there's a couple of parts to it because I think there are kind of like the you know the. Uh, deeply ideological bitcoin people and there are kind of the um i guess almost like the, the casino gambling um investor and it looks like because the price started to move that a whole lot of you know more gambling type people moved into the space and well, as soon as you do that then you need exchanges and and then you know you need and then you have all this Shady stuff going on in the background about you know, um, you know pump and dump schemes and all this other stuff. Um, so it's it's almost like uh, the the idea got overtaken by, I guess, like the gambling investor type side of things. So that's that's actually the the, the reason crypto got so big is because of all the gambling side of it. Yeah, um, and the you know the true believers and stuff Um, are kind of stuck in this situation where, you know, they think crypto is going to over, you know, Bitcoin or whatever it is, is going to take over the world. But the only reason it got so big is because of all this, Mm. like, gambling side of things. Yeah. And that kind of necessitates going back to, you know, exchanges and then all these, like, you end up with all these dodgy scams going yeah. on in the background and manipulation of, of prices and dump yeah. and dump schemes and rug pulls and all these kind of things. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, it's almost like the true crypto believer yeah. can have that kind of religion and it'll kind of work, except it'll always be like a well, I feel it'll always be like a little thing on the side because most people honestly – Actually, like having banks and like being able to, you know, if something goes wrong, call someone up. And if they forgot their password, you know, yeah. <laughs> being able to call someone up and go, "I forgot my password." Can you, yeah. you know, I think I think for most people, the idea of having a, you know, a wallet and if they lose their password, yeah, um, or you know, they then or they're not particularly tech savvy. Mm. Uh, I don't think people would like to have their money. Sort of tied up in that kind of thing, yeah. Um, and, and the other thing for me is it's 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 just a different type of money. It's not actually an investment. It's not an investment. Yeah. It, it, it's it's there's it, there's no productive side to it. It's mm. you know even if you're taking the sort of Bitcoiner view that it's digital gold or whatever. Well, gold's not productive. It's just a, a thing that that sits there. Yeah. Um, and short might help you sort of avoid or get get you know stop being stop yourself being diluted by. You know, central banks creating a whole lot of money. Yep. But it's not actually a productive. Anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. It's a thing that that exists to exchange. Mm. Um. But yeah. So mm. yeah. Because like, what are the real fun
1: world functions of gold besides like it's, cause it's basically just ornamental, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of you know you
3: can make re- like jewelry. Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, I think electronics maybe. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm a bit sympathetic to sort of Peter Schiff's arguments on this, which is basically yeah. well, actually most gold in the world is used for jewellery. Yes. Um, there's, you know, there's gold held in central banks, there's gold held yeah. um, as investments in ETFs. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, gold can be used in a little bit in electronics and there, there are these little bits and pieces of use. Um, but I guess, you know, the the his argument is, you know, there's always going to be a jeweller who needs to get gold to make jewellery and people yeah. will probably keep wearing jewellery Yes. Um. You know, forever and a day. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it is. There is sort of an industry to it. Mm. Um. And Even at the low end. I mean, you look at
1: you know any cash converters mm-hmm. that you go to, and yep. uh, and uh, yeah, the big sign out the front. You know, cash for gold and yep, and or any any sort of pawn
3: shop there. Mm. But um. So so I don't I don't think it's you know it's obviously you it's not an industrial metal but there yeah. is sort of in in industrial used to it. Whereas, you know, Bitcoin, you do kind of wonder, I mean, the the one, the thing that really would concern me the most if I owned Bitcoin is that, you know, okay, well, it's come round Mm. and it's been kind of cool for a while, but do you think the next generation are going to go, oh, that Bitcoin, that's cool? Yeah. Whereas you're likely, still likely to get women who want to wear jewelry. Like, yeah, you know, in a hundred years' time, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be women who want to wear jewelry.
1: Yeah, I even yeah. even think there's something just in the name crypto. It's mm-hmm. like such a like a butch sounding word that like young dudes will like it, and mm-hmm. and the amount of times where of you know people ask what I'm up to, yep. and oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. researching, investing, and this is the main thing. So I just read and invest and work in my house and blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And, they're and they're like, oh yeah, yeah I've, I've been investing.
3: Oh yeah, what? Oh crypto.
4: Okay.
3: <laughs> yes. um, yeah, because I mean, obviously, blockchain is is here to stay, and in, yeah. in, but you know, we don't know what that's going to end up being. Yeah. But I just wonder about particular brands of, mm. um, like I mean, it looks like Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to survive, and yeah. I don't know about the other yeah other stuff. Yeah, I
1: uh, think I like yeah. I'm a bit like it's it's. Um, I feel like the. Uh, like with electric vehicles I let other more speculative people yeah. do the do the the edge cutting and yeah. the pioneering and if it becomes like ubiquitous with normal day-to-day
3: life sure you know. yeah, Yeah but yeah that's it's that's a pretty
2: what... good survival mechanism saying you first
3: Yes mm. so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean just being sensible you know going back to the guy with the uh who put his house money in there if you'd, if he'd gone oh... You know, I've got my house money, yeah. and I'm not ready to buy another house yet, or whatever. Yeah. And he'd going, okay, well, let me put a portfolio together. I'm going to allocate, you know, uh, you know, five percent to yeah. crypto, two
2: percent, five percent. Yeah, it's Something like, like that.
3: You know, whatever the whatever he feels that's a sensible amount. I yeah. but- actually transferred my gold holdings from Perth Mint to
1: the the CFS uh, uh, physical gold ETF. Just to make it more easier and manageable, so it's all in one place now. I don't have to <laughs> fuck around with the the second login. Do you pay a
2: fee of assets under management under the, the CFS thing? Oh, dude, yes. it's like
1: well, well cheap. It's like uh, the it's. Is it
2: cheaper than Perth Mint, or are you actually paying more? Or for less, the... less
1: transaction fees than Perth Mint? Oh, okay, yeah, so that's like, actually. I, like, I, ran, I ran the
3: sums, and yeah. it's like heaps cheaper, yeah. and it's all
1: in the one place.
3: Yeah. I can
1: look at it very readily,
3: yeah. and and. Uh, and I mean, there's there's obviously you know downsides to because say you've got it with the the platform and you kind of own mm. it indirectly then if like the world falls apart you can't go over to perth and pick up your physical. i think you can no 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 but if it is in the perth mint you can yeah. but if, if you're if you're um if you've got it on a on a platform the platform kind of owns it and so you know you although you're you know yeah, you know, we're talking more extreme yeah, situations. Yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about like yeah. if the gold price, you know, if if inflation gets to twenty or thirty percent or mm. whatever, and you know, obviously that's going to be reflected the same yeah. way in both things. But if if money disappears and you know you want your physical gold, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Well, I'd have to go to my. Local CFS office or something, and then they have to go to uh, it's held in London, I think. Yeah, The, yeah. the, the
2: but, physical ETF. But I think I think, oh, I, the I think London what, gold. I think that's what, um. Have you if you're a gold bug mm. that London there's no gold in there, man. Maybe uh, not in your pocket and not your gold.
3: No, oh no, I don't know if that's because I, I,
2: look, I don't think I don't know if it's true either. The London Gold <laughs> Exchange, don't come and send James Bond on to me. But there's like been so much stuff. Around those vaults, not having what they say they have. All, all, so much stuff all, in the gold bug community. I
3: don't, I don't know specifically about that, but my understanding with the underlying ETF that they've used, um, it has a – you can actually go onto their ETF website and they'll give you a list of all Serial number. Serial number for all yeah. the bars that they have.
2: Yeah, apparently yeah. like that is like there's like serial numbers, but there's not actually a matchup. When you do the audience, apparently, I don't know about any of this because I haven't been a gold person. But mm. I remember reading years and years ago. Mm. It's like so much cynicism around the gold holdings in these places. It's like mm. there's no gold there, or well, there's basically like it's yeah. Mm. That's why they always talk about gold runs, mm. like when they say they want physical. Yep. Like when 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 the gold market's calling for physical. Mm. It's this big moment that's going to moonshot gold. It sounds a lot of crypto all of a sudden, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, when they call for physical, it's going to moonshot gold because all these um, vaults that are supposed to be holding gold don't
3: have it. Apparently, uh, the, 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 I thought the big.
2: Biggest,
1: well, that's even, no but that's idea. even in the danger in the way I was holding gold at, at the Perth, Perth Mint, Mint because yeah, it was, but I was
2: un- backed by the Western Australian government at Perth mm. Mint, whereas I don't think these other ones are backed by any,
3: yeah, yeah,
2: um, government guarantee.
3: And the, the other thing that they, I think, with the Perth Mint they have like unallocated and allocated, but either way, they've actually got the, the physical yeah.
2: look, look book. at gold bug stuff, and you'll see stuff saying that the gold in these like London things and stuff like that, it ain't there. The, I have th- no idea. But that's it's just but, quite but, funny
3: in that context. But did this of, come back down to that, to that to that Steve Keen thing that you know, w- when you when you need physical gold, you actually need beans and a shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was. He
1: uh, his interview with Lex Fridman popped into my YouTube. Oh, no. uh, <laughs>
3: it's
1: uh, i listened to it a couple times. He's a cool guy. I like. I like Steve Keen, always, at least he's interesting to yeah. listen to. No, I
2: can tell you, he always sounds like he's angry, <laughs> having to explain stuff to us idiots.
1: Yeah, it's funny hearing someone with a, like a really obviously Australian accent. Mm. Yeah, It's like, oh, that market's an angry bastard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that someone with an Australian accent also has a brain, because we're so attuned to English people being the smart ones. I don't know what it is in our culture, but like, you remember the like late night sales thing? And there'll be, like, some scabby English accent trying to sell, like, some crappy jewellery or whatever. It's, like, the worst English accent ever. But it's, like, I think people buy it because it sounds authoritative because it's <laughs> English. It's, like, such a chab accent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: Right, so it was that scene from Snatch where they think they've got a diamond. It's
3: moissanite. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It means it's worth fuck all. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the thing, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons of different ways of Holding stuff, and obviously the most conservative way is to, you know, have your own. So what you're secure. saying is, at some point, I should
1: take withdraw physical? the funds from there and buy cougar ants or
2: something. <laughs> yeah, They'd take physical. But, but but then but then the exchange fees on physical are insane. So yeah, and here's the other thing, right? If you're like, there's shops that. But does refer- the physical like uh, like
1: even like the like the liquidity of something physical like? Mm. Is there going to be guaranteed that like uh, someone will buy that from me at the pro- at the spot price?
2: Exactly, and that's not because um, like I don't want a Homer Simpson coin from the Perth Mint. Dummy. So my like, my dad, bless him, he's um he's he's a good guy, looks after his kids. Um, he, he tried to teach me a lesson, and I was going to Korea, and I was starting a job in Korea. And I'm like, look, I'm going to get money when I go to Korea. I'm gonna. I want to just, like, party when I first get there, catch up with some friends because i was been in Korea previously um, for the World Cup, best World Cup ever, Tehan Minguk. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so dad's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some money, son. Don't worry about it. And he puts his coin in my hand. I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's gold. Not only is it money, it's better than money. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'd rather just, like, cash. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. You go, because this is Asia, you go to any jewellery part of town and trade this in, that's the way to do it. I'm like, fuck, all right, I need the money, sure. Um, take it to this part in Seoul, the jewellery part of town. Yeah. Get paid like 85% of the gold value yeah, for yeah, it. But yeah. I'm like, well, I need the money. Yeah. <laughs> <Did> I, <laughs> I do like, want to go partying. I'll man, take that, that
1: reminds me of... And, um, and I
2: man. had to go to like eight jewellery shops mm-hmm. to even do it. Um, so yeah because dad's lesson was supposed to be that Asians value gold yeah and you know <laughs> yeah, they value yeah, it at 85% <laughs> you'll exchange it and it'll be good if anything you might even get a premium yeah. or whatever um, it was like a um, gold sovereign or a cougar yeah, rent, yeah. whatever it was um, yeah but anyway I, um, yeah I, I, I said I don't think that's a good idea Korea's not as um, it's not South Asia like you know I get yeah. that in South Asia yeah. that yeah. might make sense um, I'm like Korea's like going to Sydney like you can't go to Sydney <laughs> With a gold coin, <laughs> but anyway, you want to teach me a lesson, and yeah, the the lesson was that you get eighty five cents on the dollar for gold in soul at jewelry stores, at least if you're me, you do.
3: But, but I mean, I, I, you know, personally, wouldn't the way I, I would think about it is, wouldn't you have, you know, um, a whole lot of you, you know, silver coins or something like that, because silver is a much more usable den- denomination than yeah.
2: Yeah, you can um, put them in a soccer sock and swing it around and whack someone in the head with all the coins. and But knock silver them out. used and to be the to like, like the standard before gold, wasn't it? Depends where you are, I think, and all sorts of stuff. But could, I, I look, could, I, I'm I'm using gold as a financial thing, hmm. not a um, zombie apocalypse thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
3: I think I think that it's um, you know, I guess going back to that Steve Keen saying that 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 really like once it gets so bad that you actually do need the gold, you haven't got a, you know, a personal like security team. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like – and you might find that if you go to get some guys to be your personal security team to look after your gold that (laughs) you just end up with no gold. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And this is the thing
2: as well, like ultimately I – I started off as a gold bug when I did investing and I agree with Buffett that it is a barbarous relic. Yeah. Like it's it's what does it do? It does nothing. Like gold and Bitcoin aren't so different to me. I I'll have I, I I like you know, a few weeks ago I was like I think gold um is a good place to be looking at the moment because I think it'll go up because other people will make it go up. But not because it's got any intrinsic value. Like what what's the intrinsic value calculation on gold? It doesn't mean because there's no calculation, it has no value. What's the intrinsic value calculation of my liver? It's still got value, but um, yeah, like in in terms of investments, um, like yeah, like it it goes up and down. Gold and 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 obviously it's been you know I think people are interested in for thousands of years, but in and of itself, you know, whatever. And I'd, so- I'd rather own a pizza shop. In a lot of ways, you know, if someone's like, oh, you can, you can own a whole bunch of pizza shops, or you can own gold. For ages, mm. or like you just get one. We don't know where the world's going to go mm. at all. We have no clue about the direction of the world. But you can own a bunch of shops that make really delicious pizza, mm. or you can own gold. It's so like well, probably taste buds trump <laughs> gold. Like realistically, I tell you what I would do
1: um, is have a business that deals in gold in between me and the gold. Uh, I've been looking at, uh, and
2: that's a funny thing. If you're like, if the businesses that do that, right, the middleman, yeah. Dude, Cush, I mean, I've been Push looking how at valuable gold is. It's like if you value it so much, why are you selling it all the time? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I was uh, – because uh, I was looking at this that royalty streaming yep. uh, ETF from from BetaShares and just been looking at the companies that are in it. And I looked at – started with Franco Nevada. Mm. And, you know, I'm not that smart with like looking at balance sheets, but that one is like obviously really awesome. It's, like, what makes m-
2: you think the Franco Nevada balance sheet is really awesome?
1: Uh has no debt. Sounds good. And – Massive amounts of capital, massive amounts of cash. Cap- flow. What do you mean
2: by capital cash?
1: Both. There's like cash and and assets and stuff.
2: So kind of stuff. assets, the assets would be the royalties. Yep. Right. Those assets will go up and down based on the value of gold and based yeah. on the destiny of the mines and the countries in them. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 face value of those assets and they do oil
1: and stuff too. Yeah,
2: yeah. They got into some deal with the Brazilians, I think. But um, the the, the face value of those assets. Yeah. Is is to be questioned and taken? Oh, so this if they isn't. if they
1: gold ate shit, then they'd eat shit, sort of thing.
2: Well, it's also like what discounted cash flow are they using for that? Yeah. So this is a big thing in real estate, right? Like if you want to buy real estate, um, vicinity centers, um, Center Group, anything like that, they've got the book value of their assets, um, and the book value is based on the formula and the equation they use. Yep, and it might not be the same formula and equation you think is reasonable. Yep. So cash is cash, yeah. but these assets that have a valuation, it's like, well, how do you arrive at that valuation? Yeah, so that's okay. that's a big lesson. Yeah, in looking at, at balance sheets, yeah, sort of assets like it- assets are probably never worth what they say they are. Yeah, in the financial report. Yeah, on the day it's written, and even less likely to be worth what it is mm. when you read it, because yeah. the value of a whole bunch of assets is in the eye beholder. I bought um i got a trucking company. I just spent $100 million on the new Tesla trucks and that's on my books as a $100 million asset, yeah? Mm. But when you drive a car out of the car yard, it's gone down 20% in the first hour. So what's yeah. the asset worth? Yep. Is it $100 million? That's what I paid yeah, yeah. for it, and that's what's on for the books. Yeah, right. Or or I, um, I built a um, railway to a mine mm. and that cost me $100 million. That's my asset, but the mine turns out that it's closed. Mm. Is that hundred million dollars worth? maybe that's a liability I either have to maintain it or or not. so mm. yeah uh,
3: and the other thing obviously is you can have uh, a company with the you know the you know excellent assets and excellent cash flows, yeah. but it might be at a very high price relative to to what it's earning. so yeah yeah so it might actually be. Uh, you know, a very good company but but not a good investment, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Or I've got intangible assets. Um, you know, my company has $300 million of in, intangible assets on the books mm. for um, a fashion brand that's, that's owned by us. Um, but it turns out the fashion brand has done sort of S&M um, teddy bears with children and now the world hates them and all of a sudden that brand's toxic. So that yeah. intangible asset was, you know, apparently worth $300 million. Now it's worth nothing and maybe I have to sell it or pay someone to take it off me. Yeah, <laughs> Probably not pay someone to take it off Is me, this the like, company
1: that's got beef with Kanye?
2: Balenciaga or whatever Yeah, it is, Balenciaga, know, okay, the, yeah. The one that where people in the man, Nicole Kidman, for whatever reason. But, um, yeah. Huh? It was like little kids, like, posing with teddy bears, but the teddy bears, like, look like they're in bondage kind oh, of
4: stuff. Oh, I heard about
2: that. But, yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, that's but that that brand... Amani, Versace whatever it is like that's a massive in- any brand is an intangible asset like yeah. that's um that's massive but what's that worth like they'll have it yep. on their balance sheet is worth something yeah but what's it actually worth yeah yeah okay so yeah if if, um, if, if Franco Nevada has all these assets um, because they have royalties Franco Nevada has got royalties all through South America all of a sudden South America decides they're going to be one country and go communist yeah those assets are worth nothing yeah so yeah, just just to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah, like uh, I was looking through it and um and I checked out like the ones that were on their website and also the one on Yahoo Finance and stuff, and like the bit where it's like short-term debt, there was it was just all dashes. Mm-hmm. It was like nothing, and it's been like that for yeah. Oh, well, like they, a fair they while. got an
2: excellent balance sheet, I agree, yeah. but just with the assets, um, or, or is that is is the asset to the gold royalties they have? They got heaps of them. Mm-hmm. Are they worth the same with interest rates in America at two percent versus eight percent? Mm surely they should go down with interest rates at 8%. Yeah. You'd think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a thing to think of. Mm. But, yeah, really strong balance sheet. Um, they're, they're a juggernaut and the the income per employee yeah, is yeah, astonishing. Yeah. Because yeah.
3: that's the thing that, that kind of um, uh, you, you would wonder how um, the the company could go bankrupt. So, you know, like if you've got no debt and you've got like –
2: yeah. A whole bunch of cash, and, and you, you got, got like a whole f- bunch of
3: royalties, and then you got fifty employees or whatever. That's kind yeah.
2: of Oh, it's uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's a phenomenal looking business. Yeah. Do you to know me. like
3: I haven't I haven't checked out
1: any of the other like um. Do you
2: know much Wheaton? of like Wheaton? Yeah, I own options in Wheaton. Yeah, okay. Um, so I, I've got call options. Yep, which allows me to buy shares in Wheaton precious metals at forty dollars a share. Yep. And I bought them at the start of the year, or about a year ago, when Wheaton was $41 a share. Yep. So I actually paid $4 a, sh- uh, a core option, um, thinking that if there's um, some big inflationary thing, because people were being really deflationary, or people were being really like, you know, interest rates are going up, blah, blah, yep. blah. I thought if there's a big U turn on that, um, that will potentially push gold up. And I thought I want a bit of exposure to that. So yeah, um I've done research on Wheaton. They mm. um the life of their royalties is I think longer. Yeah. Than so the um Franco Nevada will have royalties on mines mm. and then the mines have a certain life of mine. Yep. And and Wheaton has the same thing, but the life of mine on the Wheaton royalties is longer, I think, than okay. the Franco royalties. But Franco does Look more a bit more premium as a business. Um, I can't actually remember why now. Actually, I did I
1: find one it. chink in their armour. I, I sent you a screenshot. They misspelt royalty in the first <laughs> sentence on their whole <laughs> website, <laughs> <laughs> which
2: is astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> but they did, yeah. yeah. I quite enjoyed that Ro-
1: Ro- Roy Lally streaming or something. Yeah. With, uh...
2: Um. Yeah. But Whedon looks. Yeah. So so the royalties and then the life of mine of the things the royalties you know apply to. Yep. Is, is something because um, you know you could have a bunch of royalties for mines that are closing in five years, mm. and then it's like well your stream ends in five years unless there's an expansion.
1: Yeah. Mm. Hey, can I bounce a a thesis of you, or a hypothesis rather? Um, so I've got a friend. So I started. I, I read uh, an article. So Deutsche Bank tips that there's going to be a twenty percent fall in markets next year. And I've got a friend who's been saying for a couple of years that there's an incoming like big depression style crash coming, even after what we're in now.
2: I agree, there's an incoming depression and crash, and uh, I just don't know when. Definitely <laughs> one incoming. <laughs>
1: and uh, so yeah, the 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 guy on Deutsche Vela um, was saying not to be overweight in growth holdings and to have like fixed income quite a lot in your in your portfolio. Um, yeah, and I was just wondering what. If that is the case what are some things I can do? Like do I just, you know, as as they say on Twitter stay strong fam and just keep doing what you're doing? Or- well, look if so
2: so this is this isn't an outrageous thesis, especially if you're part of the um oh, what's his name? But I'm a big fan. You know, I was going about him, the 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 Eurodollar guy.
3: Oh, um oh, I can see him. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> god. Not, <laughs> not Groman. No no, 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 Snyder, Jeff Snyder. Snyder yeah.
2: <laughs> if you're a Jeff Snyder fanboy like me, then it's like, yeah, recession, you know, it's going to be coming and it's going to be potentially decently big and interest rates are going to have to drop. Otherwise, everything just collapses. Um, and if that's the case, buying bonds that are, you know, yielding what for, I don't know what they're yielding at the moment. What's, what's, a, what's a 30-year treasury yielding? Three and a half, something like that. Thirty-year U.S. Treasuries, yeah, yeah, come yeah back three. Bit, oh, because like the curve's dropped, isn't it? That's an inverted curve. Yeah, inverted That's right. Curve, yeah, yeah. Um, inverted means that um, the long end, the thirty-year Treasury, is yielding at a lower average interest rate than the short end, the two-year or, or something yep. Treasury. Yes, which suggests that the market thinks that the rates are going down. Um, I'm just going to try and find the bond rate for something, but um, U.S. ten-year three-point. Oh, wow, yeah. What's well, happened since I started the World Cup? Um, <laughs> yeah, so if you thought interest rates are going down, then buying long dated treasuries, yeah, um, or, or treasuries with high interest rates compared to what you expect them to be in the future, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yep, like that's that's how treasuries go up in value. Yep, interest rates drop, you've locked in an interest rate of well, let's invert it, right? Um, I was speaking to someone. I'm like, hey, if you want to refinance your mortgage, refinance it with me. I'm a mortgage broker. And he's like, no, man, I locked in my interest rate at 2%. I'm like, yeah, definitely don't refinance with me. (laughs) Keep it locked in at 2% because, you know, come to me, I'll get you over maybe less than five, but (laughs) definitely over two. So that mortgage at 2% is a much better mortgage at 5%. How long does that last? Oh, maybe these guys locked in for two years or whatever. Yeah. I have to I should have put it in my calendar so I could ring them that day. <laughs> <laughs> like a real real jackal. Um, but
3: but so the two put them on a shitty rate you know the after that.
2: Two percent mortgage fixed term mortgage is better than a five percent mortgage. You yep. agreed? Yep. Right. So for interest rates, and that's because you have to pay two percent yep. only yeah. um, versus five percent. A bond is the inverse of that. You're locking in a 5% interest or whatever you, the the interest rate on the bond is. You're locking that 5% in. You get paid that. Yeah. So locking in a 5% return is obviously better than locking in a 2% return. Yeah. Right? So if, if um, interest rates go down, then locking in a 5% bond interest rate is he's better than getting a 2% bond interest rate. Yeah. And if interest rates goes down, then what you're going to expect is bonds will be paying... More like 2% rather yeah. than more like 5%, whatever it is. Yeah. And so so that's if they're saying buying. What do they say buy in your little quote that you just said before? Buy, buy something or other?
1: Oh, um, don't be overweight in growth holdings and have fixed income.
2: Yeah, fixed income. So that's the bonds are the fixed income. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense if you think if things are going to hit the fan. Um, well, poo's going to hit the fan. And yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk about recession. So yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? I mean, Jeff Snyder probably does.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, you would. I'm actually quite surprised that, uh, and I think it's just because of the, you know, the the time lag between raising interest rates and the effect on things. But, you know, if someone had said a year ago that they can, you know, raise interest rates as fast and as much as they have, and, you know. You know, you would have thought, oh well, that's going to cause a problem. And you would have thought, well, that's not going to happen because inflation's never going to get this high and yeah, these kind of things. Um, it's hard to predict though what's.
2: But look, two months ago or three months ago after that English pension fund thing, yeah well like you know, this is this might be the the, the canary in
3: the coal yeah. mine. We haven't seen anything else. It could be like Bear Stearns, though. Can you remember? Can you remember with um, the global financial crisis? You know, the, when the Bear Stearns hedge funds blew up, and that was kind of like the first thing. That was in mid two
2: thousand and seven. Hmm.
3: Well, the Lehman Brothers wasn't until September two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. So, so like there's there can be a bit know, of a problems. I mean, that the the Bear Stearns hedge funds blew up because of. Mortgage bonds defaulting or whatever. Um, But the, you know, didn't hit the fan until Lehman Brothers, in, you know, over a year later.
2: I would have expected more events to have happened in the last few months. It's been pretty quiet in terms of like trouble and and pain. I would have expected in the last few months. Three Mm. months ago, whatever, when I was talking, Mm. I was like, expect more stuff. Mm. And it hasn't happened.
3: But, but a lot of stuff – so I was listening to Martin North Digital Finance Analytics, and he was talking about – was it him? I can't remember. Um, uh, but just talking about things like levels of credit card debt and, um, uh, and also like savings and stuff. Mm. Um, like obviously credit card debt's going up, savings yeah. going down. So it's kind of like people can keep the show on the road for a while – um, but the question is, you know, there might be a point in the future where people have kind of been juggling more and more balls and yeah. you eventually end up dropping them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Mm. Um. Um. <laughs> I don't know why Andy's so smiling.
2: No, I just – I, I do want to say it. But what? he said people are juggling balls and maybe drop it, dropping them. Yeah. And I was like, maybe Simon's juggling a whole bunch of balls in Germany. Whinging about the one that half-hour podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Don't say it, Simon's Simon's a nice guy, and I like him, but <laughs> couldn't help myself. I wasn't going to say it until you pointed out my face, James." But,
1: um. Um, <laughs> so, did you guys hear about this uh, Qatar and German gas deal? So they've got a, a, a deal for for buying or getting gas from them for the next fifteen years, and also. The, the Germans have, have built a.
3: Uh, imp, uh, what do you Regasification, isn't it? The re-gasification. Re-gas- yeah, so yeah. they've got
1: an Im- import terminal yeah, and they yeah. built it in like 200 days. And so they've topped up their gas reserves yep. and it's all the shows back on the road, sort of thing, by this, at least mm. according to Deutsche
2: Welle in a five minute story that I watched.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, mean,
2: no, I heard that as Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Well, I mean, if they can take gas quickly, that that's that's obviously great for them. the The thing I saw months ago, because I was like, oh, you know, the the European winter is going to be like really bad, you know. And then I read this dude, and he was like, well, if you look at all the numbers, and like he did an analysis of all the, all the gas inputs and 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 where it goes, and his conclusion was, if you just drop the thermostat in your house by two degrees, no problem. Sweet, <laughs> yeah, yeah <right>. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 good for Germany.
3: Yeah, I mean, it does look like um, a like it looks substantially different to how it may have looked, you know, six months ago. Yeah, or even three months ago.
4: Yeah,
3: um, you know, it does look like that that they're gonna you know be able to to manage. I don't know. Obviously, these are kind of short term things, but mind you, the long term. Sorry, short
2: term, like the regasification hub uh, is short term.
3: Well, I mean. That's been put up very quickly. Yeah, like you said, it was like two hundred days or something. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they put it put it together, um, and I suspect that they need to put in another three or four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, uh, you know, but it sounds like they've got a long term contract with Qatar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it does look like you know this is not oh wow it's we have finished we're 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 cool. But yeah. it sounds like that they've they've got the things to get them through this. Winter in place, mm. and then if they can implement more things, whether it's more regasification or whatever, yeah. and and um, but the you know, and uh, you know, sounds like that they've worked out an alternative supply. Yeah, then you know, maybe yeah, the Russian gas is not not having Russian gas. At oh, level. this
2: is to entirely replace the Russian gas with Qatar, or is it?
3: I think I think in in the end game it is too. I don't think they'll have done that um, this winter.
2: Yeah, but, yeah but, of course, but, yeah. So we'll, we'll, that's, um, that's
3: massive then
2: if that's the case. If they've entirely locked in the replacement of the Do you Russian think that gas. America will ever um, export gas to Europe? Because oh, I think they ever, already do. They Oh, they, cuz they've they got stacks, don't yeah. they,
1: from like the shale oil revolution and there's like the gas mm. is like a by-product mm. of that?
2: Uh, there, there has, we talked about before, like um, some Europeans whinging about Americans taking advantage of the situation in Europe to charge yeah. them too much for gas. Um, hopefully, for Germany's sake, the gas prices are such that it doesn't mean their energy reliant industries get gutted. Yeah. I mean, it because is, it like, is more the, expensive, the big concern so. for Germany is that their industry is going to lose out and 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 lack competitiveness um, because of higher input prices.
3: Uh, look, the gas, my understanding for LNG is it's a lot more expensive, but it's not anything like what they have been paying, um, you know, recently. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, It's a lot, you know. Uh, so, so it sounds to me, and I don't know, I haven't done any research on this, but it sounds to me like, yes, their energy prices going forward would be more expensive, but they won't be anything like the problems that they've had in the last, you know, six to nine months.
2: Oh, good. There you go. Mm. I'm still bitter about Germany getting knocked out of the World Cup. Well, What happened? I'm not lie. They, they got knocked out. Who? By who? Um, they're in a group with Japan, Spain, and Costa Rica.
1: Did I see Korea beat the handsome guy?
2: Spain, Portugal. Oh, Portugal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They beat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they beat Portugal. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's been a crazy World Cup. Like there was a group with Germany, Spain, Costa Rica, and Japan. Yep. This isn't me saying this. I saw this on Twitter. If someone told you. That Japan will lose to Costa Rica and top that group, you tell them they're insane. Japan lost to Costa, Costa Rica yeah, yeah, and yeah. top that group. Yeah. Yep. Hey,
1: random question um, just popped into my head. I noticed petrol was a dollar eighty a liter uh, in Narabunda. Wasn't it supposed to go skits after they took away the the the, the excise support? Yeah, like, yeah. It's going to
3: be two bucks fifty. And, and there was supposed to be a you know oh you know there'll be. You know, you have a few weeks before the yeah. new, new supplies come through, and I, yeah. I've thought about the same thing that yeah. that I've been waiting for it to go back up to two twenty yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, they're supposed to be what is it twenty two cents a liter that they are yeah. adding back on in terms of the excise.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, I I have- just literally just today I was driving past the the Seven Eleven at Narabunda. It was like a dollar eighty. Uh, per, for, for your uh, E10 or whatever. there.
2: I had people over for a barbecue today and um, in terms of price go up or inflation, both the guests and my wife were commenting on the price of food going up a decent amount recently. Yep. And one of these guys um, works in or, or part owns a burger joint and was talking about various imports oh, going which, up. Which one? And um, Broadburger.
3: Oh right, yeah. Okay.
2: Talking about various inputs going up and 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 issues in supply and having the problem solve around that various things. Geez, mm. so. that's
1: a that's a good example of a business, isn't it? I guess yeah. going from from a caravan to a
2: another caravan, <laughs> <laughs> to a caravans. building and a little caravan. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, caravan. Too, Does Does have have a caravan a building though. Get yeah, the Canberra Glassworks.
1: Remember oh, that yeah, place yeah, yeah. where came, you guys came and I served you lunch one time? Was a did complete you used to shaman? work at Broadburger? No, 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 no. The 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 building where you guys came and had lunch one time at the Campbell glassworks
2: oh i don't remember this
1: but anyways that the broadburger took that over oh. and, and turned it into an actual profitable business
2: there you go yeah. so. well we're going there for a barbecue not not broadburger but his place next week so i can talk about how to irrigate the backyard yeah nice and, and, and eat food
1: <laughs> um so what about china there's like heaps going on in the news. Okay. I don't know how much we covered at the beginning. I can't remember.
2: Yeah, what? I, I, um, I, 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 want more information, but it's hard. I'm finding it hard to get information on China. I guess yeah. that's a thing. I want more information. I'm finding it hard to get. I don't know yeah. where to get it from.
1: Because I was listening to with well, the Goodfellas with um, there was it Neil Ferguson and the, those other guys on the Hoover Institution or whatever. Yeah. Does Neil Ferguson have a podcast? Oh, he's on Goodfellas quite a lot. Yeah. What's Goodfellas? Um, it's a like, something called the Hoover
3: Institution, just yeah. a bunch. Like, so I, I think it's like Institute. a con- cons- yeah, like a conservative think tank or something. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. well, I subscribe to them on YouTube, but there's yeah. what's the Goodfellas?
1: Yeah, and there's one guy that's uh, that boss. worked for Trump. I think uh, he's he, he's on that panel. I, I can't remember which one, but um, but yeah, they were talking about it and, and saying that that um probably the the uprisings won't just won't amount to much mm. because they're uh, even without just like brutal police retaliation, now they can still they can just crush you with the the social credit. The, yeah, like they can identify your your face from news footage, yep. and then do that thing where they like all of a sudden you can't buy groceries, yep. you can't travel.
2: Yeah, It's it, scary. Shit. it seems like like the empire and the empire strikes back versus the what are they called the resistance or the rebellion? Yeah, I thought I you're know. gonna say Ewoks. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it does it does seem. It does seem very um, hard for the Chinese.
3: It's a, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit scary. Like as in, you know, it, even the most sort of brutal dictatorship in the, in the past mm. wouldn't be able to stop you, like, getting a whole lot of money together and, yeah, and handing it out. You know, to you know people you needed to do, do stuff with or whatever. Yeah.
2: Oh, but the conspiracy theorists talking about COVID passports. What were they on about? Yeah,
3: <laughs> just saying.
2: <laughs> you but, know, but yeah, I mean, it is pretty you, scary. You give governments power, they take power. Mm. People with power abuse power, and and you're seeing a lot of this sort of stuff done in the justification being public health. Mm. So all these um COVID passport um, people, mm. I was very against it. COVID mm. passports. Um, yeah, I think anything where the government gets power should be avoided at all mm. costs. Yeah, or I want mean, any alternative to government power and if you can't find one then I guess mm. consider government Have power. Have you written
1: expose the 28 on your car?
2: What's that? Expose the I don't out? know.
1: It's it's it seems to be like you see these vehicles getting I think it's something about like pedophiles running the Australian government there's like 28 of them or something.
2: Oh, I've heard about some sort of thing. Yeah, I've like seen it like one written one on road roads and, yeah. and uh
1: but I, I saw a guy at, at the local shops who had like all it had like a big banner that said it was like Freedom is about choice. Uh, COVID never existed, and then hashtag expose the twenty eight governments run by pedos.
2: I got a friend who um I'm, I'm I'm pretty cynical about a bunch of the COVID stuff um and the government response um and I got a friend who sends me stuff on it and often it's you know interesting and, and informative but it's just like way too conspiracy theory yeah, half yeah. the time so it's like oh you know like one percent of that cool yeah. <laughs> the rest of it is like. It, it kind of like some of the the level of some of the conspiracy stuff on it just seems to undermine other arguments to yeah because yeah,
3: it is almost like the um you know you if you kept a much more moderate sort of view on um, you know, okay, well, let's look at if we were looking at what is because to me the 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 weakness in the heavy lockdown sort of position is that. There, there isn't a lot of analysis of, um, okay, well, what were the other negative effects of, um, like, so apparently things there's you know things like increasing you know people's feelings of isolation and suicides yeah. and stuff like that. So you know what what sort of analysis of and then that might be more likely to affect younger people. Yeah. So uh, what are the total number of years lost in in terms of say for, you know for COVID, um you know, most of the people who were likely to be affected um, were older people. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, so- in
2: pure, like, whole cold, hard utilitarian, utilitarian yeah. numbers, it's like taking two years off the life of an old person versus two years off the life of 70, you know, everyone. Mm. It's like, well, you know, statistically, you take the two years off the life of the old person. Mm. That's We don't work like that because we, we're not psychopathic robots. But... Mm. But, but
3: you would you, like would, you would often say,
2: policy is a psychopathic robot, so- I mean,
3: I, you know, I'm sure that a hospital, um, if they, you know, were short of resources for some reason mm. um, and they had a young person come in and an old person come in with both needing treatment or else they're going to die, there, there yeah. wouldn't be much argument about who's getting treatment. I yeah. thought it was
2: yeah. first in as far as that goes. But mm. I, it, you, you would think on a society level- Or was equal? On a society I'm, level, it's like- <laughs> we can save the old person who's going to die in six months or we can save the baby, mm. you're going to save the baby. Mm. And the old person will probably say, save the baby. Mm. So mm. Look, that seems to be the way we operate mm. as, as people. So yeah, the, the COVID stuff that seems statistically to protect people who are really old, you could argue that some of the extreme lockdowns, if you look at the aggregate life mm. quality removed, Exceeds the life Mm -hmm. of the old people, but measuring quality and all that sort of stuff is problematic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying as well,
3: so that's it's Mm -hmm. challenging. And I'm not saying that was a fact. What I just said, I'm just saying that no, but it probably would be. Like if you crunch
2: your numbers, it probably would be that you're better off. Just letting people die earlier mm. and not locking people down, like uh, pro- pro- on
3: raw numbers, pro- probably removing like a, human yeah. empathy. A, a be- better example would be there was a reduction in people treat, uh, seeking cancer treatment or seeking, um, you know, appointments with doctors. To, yeah, uh, and getting diagnosed with, with, with cancers. But this was
2: all yeah. predicted. Yeah, like this was predicted really early that with this sort of stuff, you're going to have undiagnosed illnesses. Mm like cancers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, and the flow effect from that is going to be a lot more harm than the lockdowns we're going to prevent. Like people wrote about that and put yep. papers about that. Yep. How do we even get on this topic?
1: I don't know. We were, still, we were talking about China, and then I said something yeah. about
2: pedos um, and on cars or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, the conspiracy <laughs> theory stuff. But, yeah, anyway. Sorry. But, but, but my, my basic position is that people are fallible and anyone in power will be fallible. There's yep. not going to be an infallible person in power. It's just a levelable yeah. level of fallibility or failure. have you had much of
1: more of what's happening in Iran?
2: Oh, I had a quick look today actually yeah um and yeah I don't know not, not, not it's like, still, still bubbling
1: away, but like pretty brutal crackdowns and
2: stuff yeah or? this is a thing like um yeah the 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 state power um like a lot of these like you know American things like you know like the really anti Government things. I don't know. They resonate with me. It's like, um, if they had guns, they wouldn't. You know, the population would be able to fight for their freedom instead of getting killed by the Iranian government or the Chinese government or whatever. It's like, you know, if if they had guns, they wouldn't be under a dictatorship. And it's like, well, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, but you Um, could
3: you could you could argue that um that that's not a um a necessity though. By the same token, because you could say, well. You know, are people less free in Britain or in Australia or New Zealand or whatever than they are in the United States, you know, and where where they've got much stricter...
1: Does that constitute gun? a straw man? In what way? The, like, uh, putting up the, the guns as like a auxiliary thing? Well,
2: what, what, I, what I'm saying is you see things from certain pockets mm. in America mm. that have been, you know, guns equals freedom... Um, gold equals money. Well, go with that. I'm not trying to lump all these guys together. Um, COVID. Um, a lot of the COVID responses, BS or whatever, um, and they're they painted as as really extreme views. But then you you do see case studies where it's like, well, you can see why they're saying that. There's a, there's a pretty good point. You could also see counter arguments, obviously, um, with you know gun deaths and. Um, Nicholas Nassim Taleb, mm. a mathematician who I like, mm. um, he he would be much better at reading statistics mm. than me, and he seems to be in favour of pretty much all the COVID stuff that mm. was done by governments. Um, mm. So there's definitely counter arguments, but yeah, it's just it, it's interesting. Like you know, you see an oppressed population, and it's like you know, if only the Iranians had help, mm. you know, if only they had some way, and it's like, well, weapons would really help mm. <laughs> the oppressed Iranian population. Mm. Fact.
3: Yeah. If but, they chose to use them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's that's a difficult one because you might just end up with a whole lot of dead people and the regime still in
2: control. Yeah, for sure. And look, at the end of the day, America's rules are America's rules and mm. they have nothing to do with us. Mm. Um, mm. And if, if, as long as it's done in a process that's reasonably agreed mm. to, you know, democracy or whatever, they're a republic, whatever it is. You know, like um, I don't agree with all the rules in Australia, but mm. this is where I live and, you know... I'll, I expect I'll probably follow all the rules in Australia, even if I don't agree with them, because mm. I like the rules when no one like you know kicks in my door and takes all my stuff. Mm. I really like that rule where people can't just do that. <laughs> yeah. So to have that rule, I'll make a few concessions with <laughs> other rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when uh, when Mum and Dad were living in China, they uh, we had some guests over. Like I visited them like during a school holidays or something, and uh, we had some 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 like local guests over, and they were like. They were uh what's the word, but sort of reflecting that like how good it is that in modern times they can have people over for dinner and, and like hang out with people at night because they were like, you know, ten years ago or twenty years ago, if someone knocked down our door at this time of night, we'd just freak out. You know? It's um
2: Yeah, it's 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 it goes back to the regulation versus deregulation in a lot of ways, you know. Deregulation is kind of like um for yourself Wild West in you know, because this is a thing, right? As a libertarian, I like the idea that you have deregulated stuff, yeah, and people aren't douchebags to each other. Yeah. But my libertarian views I think are as idealistic as communist views. Like it's it's you know, communism is supposed to work perfect so everyone holds hands and it's really nice. Um, libertarianism is supposed to have some sort of you know thing where people collectively just aren't douchebags to each other. I think both of them are unrealistic and I think the political arrangements we have in the world reflect where things go it's 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 political evolution versus political ideology so um yeah it's interesting so so these various political situations um you, you have high regulation and and moral hazard in dictatorships i guess you'd say then you have less regulation in in our places hopefully and 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 um left moral hazard and then I guess you could have some places which, you know, might be like warlord ghettos in places where there's no regulation and mm. well, I guess the warlords regulate. But, yeah. yeah, this idea of regulation versus no regulation, you find it in politics and, and
3: finance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's always um, like balance is always like when people start going too far down the road of, you know, w- whether it's a political system or whether it's, you know, but you know, you know, typical example is that, um, I think is that that say, you know, we have, you know, well, we'll have democracy, but we have limits on it. You know, we we don't, um, not everyone gets to, you know, you elect someone and they go and sort of speak for you. You don't mm. you don't get to vote on every single single issue that you don't really have any expertise on. Yeah. It's much better that we sort of limit democracy in that respect, or to limit capitalism um, in the way that we do. So you know, we still have. Free markets, but we have a lot of you know regulation, and we also have a welfare state to um, make sure that people who are you know not the winners out of the yep. free market system also benefit from the free market system.
2: Mm. Yeah, imagine. I mean, this has just popped in my head mm. now. Democracy is like the voters are retail investors, yep, and the government are institutional investors, and then you know you got the market and. The the there's volatility in the markets and that sort of stuff, but usually the institutional investors, you know, they don't, they won't outperform necessarily, but they'll kind of just be there the whole time. What characterizes it's like, it's an like it's an like institutional the institutional investor, not, like professionals who know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess you'd say ultimately, um, as opposed to retail investors who load up into a particular cryptocurrency. Yeah, we didn't even finish your video, but you know, no, oh, it's it, it just goes through a few more well, you know, like Or me, I guess, even loading up on, you know, overweighting a, a copper mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's a retail investor thing you know, and no institutional investor would do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe the the institutional investors are more stable mm. and and retail it might might be better sometimes, it might be worse other times and maybe as voters we're less stable than the actual government. And the government might not be the best, but mm. it's it's it still goes the right direction and is more relied, more reliable mm. than the whims of the voting population based on you know whatever we've been whipped up into caring about in a given week. Yeah, I um I saw already investing population what we whipped up into caring about in a given week as investors. I read an article in the uh,
1: in the Australian the that the rare rare minerals sector. Is going to be off limits for Chinese investment going forward. That's like similar to the um, like the semiconductor line in the sand, isn't it?
2: Yeah, look, it looks like China is getting cut off. Yeah, like and and they're they're, they're they're you know nice peaceful talk with Europe and yeah. you're saying Australia now like. I don't know. Like, you get the feeling China's kind of like, oh, well, wow, we actually are getting cut off. Yeah. So, do
3: you think this, this is because I, I think this is kind of a flow on from like the, you know, the German policy with Russia, which is basically yep. if we have an integrated sort of economic arrangement, mm. then we can't fight. And then yep. the Germans have found out that, oh, actually, it just means that we can be held over the barrel yep. on, on energy. And it looks to me like the US, which is, taken has you know for the last whatever 20 30 years has, has been had an engagement you know an economic engagement relationship with china has suddenly mm. realized oh hang on um we've seen what's happened say with with germany and that this theory that that you know you know countries that trade don't fight yeah. is perhaps not as solid as we thought it was yeah so let's the Let's be a bit more economic nationalist. Um, mm. You know, take uh, take more control over. Uh, I mean, in this case, it's an Australian uh, thing, is it? To, or is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, because you know, obviously, China's got a large portion of the uh, rare earth production in the world. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think you know, apart from Linus, I don't think we've got a, you know any substantial rare earth production. Although mm. we've got you know, a material amount of rare earths, as do a lot of places. Mm.
2: Apparently uh, rare earths aren't actually rare. Mm. I guess that's the thing. It's a misnomer. Is that the right word? Misnomer? Like yeah. the name's wrong? Yeah. Rare earths aren't actually that rare. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like China has the, by and large, monopoly on the extraction of the rare earths, like as in turning them into like the raw material. Yeah. Okay. Um. Or the refining of them. Yeah. So apparently, like, it's pretty environmentally intensive, bad intensive to yeah. to like turn them into a finished product. Mm. And China does that. Other countries could quite easily do it, and not even yeah. expensively. Like, yeah. it's like 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 really cheap yeah. to set up yeah. your own like rare earth refining. But it's just yeah. environmentally destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like... So I think this rare earth thing. Like, oh, China's got all the rare earths and all that sort of stuff. I think it's like insanely overblown. Is graphite yeah. considered and a rare earth? I don't know, but like the West it's can like- just like access this sort of stuff pretty much instantly if they just allowed yeah. the refining capacity to be brought on, yeah. except I think there is like two uh, two particular rare earths that are a little bit rare except in China or something. <laughs> so China's got like two and apparently one of them's like a bit crucial. I can't remember yeah. their names. Do your own research on that, obviously, but yeah, the whole rare thing is a load of BS. It's like it's all it's it's not rare. It's so, not that so, much so of a I, I think
3: the main thing is Apparently. they're rare in the sense that that you you don't get like veins of concentrated ore or whatever. Yeah. Like you, you've got yeah. to turn over large amounts of of you know of dirt or whatever. Mm. Um, but um, there's you know there's basically they're all over the place. Yeah, but. It's they're not in concentration, so there's yeah. no
2: great national security thing around that. Like it's, yeah. just, but, it's, it's solved with a click of a thumb, basically. But but, but, it,
3: but it is in terms of if something happens at short notice. If you have ten years notice that you need to have your own rare earth industry up and running, you're probably okay because um, you can you know find it find some decent deposits and mm. – and, or you probably already know where some decent deposits are mm. and set up the mining and the refining and all that kind of stuff. The problem is that obviously you need it for all this technology. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, computers, electric vehicles or whatever it is. Um, but then um, if you don't have any production, then effectively, you know, and you're held to ransom by – Another country that can say, "Well, we've got all the production in the world. We're not, we're not exporting any of it." Yep. Then um, that, that to me is the the issue that they're looking at.
2: Mm. Yeah. Right. Um. I wonder if you can just like obviously you can't because it's not governments buying it. It's not centralised. But buy ten years worth and then say, "Push comes to shove, we'll be like the germans and have this set up in two hundred days." So who knows?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I, and it's probably a lot more uh, reasonable to 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 store ten years worth of what is neo and praseodymium or whatever it is? Um, what's the Molly? What's the Molly Bender <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but just all mispronounce these NDPR. What's the other? What's
2: yeah? But I, I don't know, but there's a bunch of them, but yeah, like maybe maybe the solution is just store it. And if you ever need, you've got a 10 year runway and believe that. When if you need to, you'll yeah. get it done a lot faster. I'm sure the paperwork and the red tape will disappear, will disappear yeah. if it's actually needed. Yeah. So as it
3: looks like with the the Germans and the regasification plant, looks like that. Mm. Looks like. I mean, it is interesting, isn't it that that um, you wonder how much sort of red tape stuff, um, you know, adds to getting stuff done? Because yeah. I, I reckon. If you tried to set set up a regasification plant in Germany, yeah, that would have taken like ten years. If, yeah, if, 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 without. Yes. This. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Next.
1: Oh, <laughs> we're <laughs> just <laughs> gonna watch so you like, huh? <laughs> um, uh, Oh, yeah. They're just the one last thing. So I guess I've covered all, all the topics that I'd listed here, but um, I haven't been paying attention to uh, Ukraine at all. What, yeah, did you it's you weird got talking, because it's of, like it's kind of the same. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're just like blowing up power stations and stuff, but it Ukraine's kind of pushing them back. But
2: kind it's of dropped not. out of my consciousness as well. Yeah. I think I've probably been way too distracted with the World Cup.
3: Yeah, and I think things have cooled down because obviously the Russians withdrew from her son yeah. and the Ukrainians have kind of retaken that and there's been sort of a bit of fighting over, I think it's, Bakhmut in the... that's in the east, that's yeah. what
1: I saw this morning I saw a thumbnail of that that like uh, Ukrainians are fleeing Bakhmut.
3: Oh, that they, they retreat because their the Russians have been trying to take that. Apparently that's um you know they've got quite a lot of Wagner group there are trying to yeah, right. trying to take their Ukrainian positions and they've um been they've been pushing holding on to that for a long time. Yeah, okay. Um but uh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wonder whether. I mean, the, I don't think there's any doubt the Ukrainians is going to launch some new offensive at mm. some stage, uh, whether it's towards Melitopol or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, because the, the rea- reality is that the longer the Russians are in there, yeah, um, the more because they they need to push the Russians back. They, yeah. They, they can't. They can't. They can't get to a peace treaty without actually retaking quite a lot of their own territory. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine that... Um, yeah. I, thought, I thought there's
2: not going to be any peace treaty until Russia withdraws from all the territories pre-2014 or something.
3: Well, well, I mean, that that's true. But, I mean, you can imagine if this drags on for years and years and years that, that at some stage you might end up having a peace treaty. <laughs> this, yeah, is, no. this,
2: this is my argument uh, and my heavy criticism of Zelensky, again, mm-hmm. because... You know, all these people die, and you just agree to pretty much how things were before, anyway. So, yeah.
3: I mean, put it this way: the, the Ukrainian on the on the battlefield, the, the Ukrainians have really um, transformed what could have happened on the battlefield. Like they, um, you know, if they had folded early or, or, or mm. looked like that they were going to lose early, yeah, you know. That there wouldn't have been all this Western back backing and, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Like just the fact that they were able to, you know, things like, um, you know, main, hold on to or they lost it but regained it. But Hostomel Airport north of mm. Kiev yeah. um, that stopped the Russians flying in a whole lot of you know VDV and a whole yeah. lot of getting in all their all their sort of heavy equipment and things yeah. like that. And that's what sort of led to that you know forty mile convoy. And yeah, and, right. And, um, so there was a number of Um, sort of points where the Ukrainians have been very effective at Mm. stopping the Russians sort of advancing. Um, And and even sort of their offensive in Kharkiv. they took quite a lot of territory back there. They've Mm. taken back Hassan. You know, the Russians, if you look at a a map of how much territory the Russians have lost, you know, they've lost about half the territory that they gained since the invasion. Yeah, um, what about
2: the territories that they said are now legally part of Russia through quotation marks elections, like, like Hassan. Yeah, like <laughs> so there was like four regions, wasn't yep. it? that yep. the, the the people yep. allegedly voted yep to join Russia. Yep. Um, James, I sent James a, a thing um, on on an analysis of the voting habits of ukrainians um before all this stuff Mm. kicked off and i think it also had a analysis of the ethnic russian Mm. nature of them Mm. and uh all of the regions except crimea even if they had a higher russian ethnic population had indicated that their preference is to be part of ukraine yep um prior to all this russian stuff well prior i think Mm. um Yet, all four of those regions, according to the Russian elections, say that they've done a significant u turn mm. and all want to be part of Russia, probably not true
3: yep like really especially strictly. with the ninety plus percent
2: yeah, yeah like yeah. the numbers as well yeah. i mean look it is it is possible yeah. that they've all decided that it's just really improbable that doesn't yeah it doesn't sound um like that. but but come here interestingly um high ethnic Russian population and apparently um, in in voting a mm. high thing of wanting to not right. be Ukraine I think right. was it wanting to be Russia or wanting to be on its own I can't remember
3: I, I'm not sure but but it is like you know population wise that they've they've got a very high um, you know ethnic Russian population So,
2: mm. but of 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 these four ones that according to Russia voted to be part of Russia. Mm. And then Russia has this argument that, well, if it's Russian territory, you must protect it mm. at all costs, blah, blah, blah. How much of those regions have now been, I guess, retaken by Ukraine? And I, I guess we, we, with whatever your answer will be, it seems like Russia doesn't protect its territory at all costs yeah, yeah. no, rhetoric. no,
3: that's 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 quite an interesting. It is an interesting point because they part of the referendum was in Hirson, and and then they they didn't they didn't fight for Hirson. They retreated from um, uh and it you know they haven't they didn't control all of um, Donetsk, and yet they had a referendum. <laughs> um, so obviously they couldn't have included the entire population. Um, I think they've they control most of the Hansk, um but. Uh, you know, since the Ukrainians took back, since their Kharkiv offensive, they've moved into just on the border there of of um, uh, Luhansk. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I I would be very surprised if, you know, if the, I mean, it's not, it's, the Russians aren't going to launch a, you know, a, a, a nuclear strike or something to, to, I can't imagine that they'd launch a nuclear strike to hold on to, um, you know, Kursan, Kursan, mm. or, or Mariupol, or you know whatever. Um, so, so is it a stalemate at the moment,
2: or is it Ukraine in the ascendancy, or is Russia in the ascendancy? So, oh,
3: I mean, I think I think Ukrainian Ukraine is is definitely on top of this, uh, like in terms of the military moves, because ever since the Russian invasion, the Russians were stopped, and then they've been pushed out of you know the like uh, Kiev, north of Kiev. Oh, sorry. They they retreated. They were forced to retreat from there. Um, they were they were kind of defeated in Kharkiv. Um, they were they were forced to retreat from Hazon. Um, It looks like possibly the next sort of initiative might be towards Mariupol, which is sort of um, an, a, from uh, moving from the I guess the uh, north uh, east, but heading south, and they'd probably try and get to the the Sea of Azov so they could cut the Russians in two. Um but uh yeah, like I, I think I think that um, you know, all the, there's not been really any there's been some small advances from the Russians in, say, places mm. like Bakhmut. Yeah. But it's it's not if you look at the territory, it's not very much. It's, yeah. Okay. It's like they're they they're trying to get a city and it's you know, these battles go on for yeah for months and months and maybe they eventually take it, but then you know um then they they lose the the ground again later yeah um yeah I mean one one thing I this is just sort of off to us off to the side one thing that I heard someone say which was that might have even been uh Neil Ferguson I'm not, I'm not mm. sure but it, um that the Putin actually made a really bad error in taking um Crimea and you know causing all these problems in um, the and the mm. because they were the more Russian sort of focused areas. Yeah. But by removing them from the Ukrainian electorate. Yeah. They actually moved a kind of a divided nation to being very much more pro-Western.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. So it was
3: slightly pro-Western, but, yeah, you yeah. know, but there was quite a lot of division. Yeah. yeah. But by removing the most pro-Russian areas.
2: That's an interesting point.
3: There, they, he actually like Putin's actually moved the Ukrainians to be much more Just sort of galvanised. Well, I had read stuff because well, well, they removed the Russian population. Oh, yeah. So, so it's kind of you know yeah. from any Ukrainian elections.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: yeah. like getting rid of all the boomers from an election here. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine how that would change things.
1: My uncle in Poland reckons that the rocket thing's full of shit. He reckons it was a Russian rocket for sure. Well, and, and that they covered it up so there wasn't a world war. Oh, well,
2: there you go. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Tom. Yeah, Maybe he's been drinking lots of grandpa juice. And yeah. no. he, he would know better than we do, potentially. Or maybe he knows heaps less than we do, potentially. Who knows? Grandpa had, did I tell you that we my grandpa used to call it grandpa juice? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Vodka, grandpa yeah, juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at night he'd always drink it. Ask if you want some.
2: Well, um, if we're wrapping up, On on the theme of of war and and it being Christmas and war in Europe, there's a really good movie called Joie Noel.
3: Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah.
2: Merry Christmas in French, I think. Yep. So it's a football football (laughs) movie. If you're looking for a war movie um, that's got a nice feel about it, um, I recommend Joie Noel.
1: Oh, and the B fifty two stealth bomber, or not B fifty two? The new stealth bomber came out from Northrop Grumman. Oh I yes, saw. I saw that. It yeah. was like a mad, like rock star presentation with like <laughs> yeah. the lights was, and shit behind it, it. very
3: like uh, Tesla esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the
2: military, it's or a bit or macabre, that. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> um, glorifying a death machine. Because <laughs> I was
1: scoping out there. The, the, there's an ETF that's got like I don't know twenty defense companies, like Grumman and I think Raytheon and mm. and uh, all those guys. But yeah.
2: well, I had an idea of defense companies. Um, as, as an investment class, pretty close to post-peak COVID, thinking that um, the world might head towards conflict and, and it would be an idea to buy them. Um, I didn't buy them, but yeah, I just had a vibe way before this <laughs> stuff kicked off. Yeah. But I didn't do anything, so whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, cool. All right, well, maybe we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks for your time, guys. Uh, anything else before we wrap up?
2: No, nah, um, good luck to Senegal betting England. I, um, Did they I get can't... their player back or
1: something? No,
2: Mane is not back. But look, I and I, I think I can speak for everyone in the podcast who's not English. Um, I don't want to hear any of this football is coming home nonsense. You know, the English are always like football's coming home, it's coming. They always go on about football's coming home. I don't think English people realize how much that annoys everyone who's not English. So, um, is does that mean mind... because
1: one day they're going to win the World Cup or?
2: Well, yeah, or like the Euros or anything, but yeah, for me, I don't want the English to win anything ever, ever in football, especially while they're singing that song. So that's it. And look, if you're an English audience, it? listen to Andre and James and not me, but yeah, I don't mind if I have to cut you off uh, not wanting England to win the World Cup. That's life. So yeah, stop singing that song. It's really annoying. <laughs> Are they
1: swing low sweet chariot or is that rugby?
2: Oh, that might be right. I don't mm. The football is coming home, though. But they have an awesome song by Fat Les called Vindaloo. Love that song. Yeah, right. You yeah. have to check it out, old Fat Les, hey? Yeah.
1: All right. Peace. Catch you next week. Thank yeah. you.
0: Disclaimer so
2: good. We still The are.
0: information discussed on this podcast is for general information only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from Andy, James, Andre or any guest they may speak with. We are not your financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how the information discussed on this podcast relates to your unique circumstances. We are not liable for any loss caused, whether due to negligence or otherwise arising from the use of, or reliance on, the information provided directly or indirectly, by use of this podcast. The music for today's episode is by Alexi Action from Pixabay. Thank you for listening.